0: Hello and welcome to The Inner Gamer, episode 381. We are your bi-weekly dose of news, reviews, opinions, and discussions, exclusively for The Casual Gamer. My name is Brayton Oski.
1: And I am Awesome Morales. And today on The Inner Gamer, we're going to be
0: talking about Starfield, our early review. This is not a full review, but this is a very long, exciting <laughs> review of how dense this game actually is. We also talk about Pikmin Four on the Switch and rumors of the Super Switch or Switch Two,
1: as well as gaming on a Mac. Yes, it may be a thing very soon. And we talk about the PS Plus price hike. Are we happy? We're not, but we possibly have solutions. Hopefully, someone at any of the places that have subscription services listens to this. So, without further ado, cue the music.
0: Welcome. It is september 12th 2023 i can't believe it's halfway through september already welcome to the Inner Gamer podcast if you want to show your support you should consider donating or sharing this episode with a friend you can visit the intergamer.net slash donate to contribute most importantly for housekeeping we have an event coming up this week join us september 24th september 5th 14th sorry not 24th the wow. 14th what this Thursday, September 14th at Maple Branch Brewery. Yes, we're back at Maple Branch, of course. We love those guys. They're great to us, and we love their beer. It's a lot of fun. So you definitely want to come out September 14th, hang out with us, play some couch go-up games. We're going to be featuring a game called Moving Out 2. Um, that's very exciting. Uh, and this event is also very special because you're going to get to see first a first look at our new rebrand. We've been working on a rebrand, brand-new logo, brand-new collateral assets. We're going to have new YouTube thumbnails, all the things. So come check it out first before anybody else sees it, get your hands on a t-shirt. Uh, it's going to be free to attend. You can RSVP on Facebook or meetup.com to learn more about that. And if you haven't yet, you can check out our store online. We have t-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, and more to rep the inner gamer. And during the month of September, everything on the store right now is 15% off. Go and use the code. NOHEAT at checkout because it's been hot as shit. Um, So go use that 15% off. And then when we launch our new rebrand, we have a new shirt and you can get that new shirt for 15% off with this code through the end of the month. So take full advantage of that. And uh, you can get a gift for your friend, family member, loved one, visit the inner gamer.net and click the shop button to order that. Now let's dive into the topics of the week. Welcome everybody to our official Early review of the game that we've been waiting for 25 years in the making, is according that to Todd said? Howard. Oh,
1: jeez. Okay. 25
0: years in the making, Starfield.
1: Starfield!
0: We're here to talk about Starfield officially. Now, as you all know, this is a casual gaming podcast, so before you start saying, y'all only played 10 hours of this game, I don't care, because we played well, this we casually, well, That's we could because yeah. we're casual gamers. We're working. We don't have all the, all the time in the day yeah. to play this game. We got lives. We can't put 180 hours in this thing, you know, in that amount of time. We didn't get early access either, but we've been playing a lot of Starfield uh, as we much as we can. Technically, we got early access. We paid for it. That's true. We did <laughs> get early access, the paid early access. Yeah. So, so we're all playing on a Xbox. We're playing Starfield on Xbox Game Pass. And we did both buy the uh, the premium upgrade edition, which yep, is like an extra yep. like $32 or something like that. Yes. Which gave us five days early access. So over Labor Day weekend, we could play through the game in advance and get ready for it. So that was really cool. So right now I am just shy of 13 hours in the game. Austin, where are you?
1: Uh, I'm probably around the same. I forgot to look last time. I checked. Okay, cool. But yeah, it's um, anywhere from 10 to 13. Yeah. So we're
0: going to go all throughout this game, break it all down. Um, this won't be our only video of this. We're going to do a more in depth video of all the stuff we've experienced, stories we've encountered and stuff later on, but this is gonna be like high level. Is this a game you should be picking up right now and playing or should you wait until they fix things and, you know, make some modifications. So, uh, for those that don't know though, this is a Bethesda game. This is their first new universe. In twenty-five years, so that time. was that was the big thing around it is that they haven't built a new universe since. I mean, they've been doing riding on the coattails of Elder Scrolls and Fallout for forever, and now this is a brand new universe, planning to be some kind of future, you know, endeavor. And uh, it's now owned by Microsoft, as we all know. So Microsoft owns it, and one of the biggest things that I know a lot of people were upset about with this is that if you have a PlayStation, you can't play this game because they made it a exclusive to the Xbox ecosystem. So you can play this on Xbox Series X, Series S, and PC only. Um, So think of it like Zelda. You got to buy a Switch to play Zelda. Now you got to buy an Xbox or a PC. We (laughs) recommend a PC uh, to play this game. Uh, and the general idea is this is in the year 2330. Humanity has ventured beyond our solar system, settling new planets and living as spacefaring people. You will join Constellation, the last group of space explorers seeking rare artifacts throughout the galaxy and navigate the vast expanse of space in their most ambitious game ever, they being Bethesda Game Studios. And they describe this game as what they call NASA Punk. So it's like kind of a cyberpunk-y-ish, not really cyberpunk, but like future kind of edgy but then at the same time very grounded in reality very focused on like nasa themed kind of design um if you think like 1960s nasa i feel like there's a lot of influences of that here so that's the general setup of uh what starfield is so um before i share my thoughts um austin you are a bethesda Long time Bethesda fan. You've played yes. a shit ton of Skyrim. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. You probably put 3,000 hours in Skyrim.
1: It's huh. quite a bit of hours. I think it's like in my top five most played on Steam, uh, which doesn't count me playing it on Xbox yeah, PlayStation, whichever I got. No, it was Xbox. And uh, yeah, I played a lot of Fallout 3, played a lot of Skyrim, started modding that once I realized I could mod and put a lot more hours into it then. And then I play a lot of Fallout and the modded the crap out of that as well. Uh, Play, played I, played a played a lot of Fallout seventy six. I've played enough to yeah, yeah. We don't talk <laughs> about kidding. that game. Jokes, jokes. We don't talk about that game. Uh, yeah, so like yeah, that. I've like really enjoyed those worlds and the way Bethesda's crafted, um, the characters and factions and how everything ties in. And as you explore the world, you you find out you know you find new people, you find new items, you find new enemies, uh, you find new loot. There's like you know, hidden places and interesting stories that you can come across. And that's always been like the Bethesda way in every game that I've played. And that's why I've enjoyed those games in the past so much. So here we are. Here we are. Starfield.
0: So you've played 10 hours of Starfield. Does this, has this captivated you the way that Fallout and Skyrim has?
1: Hard? No, it does not. I mean, you know, as a Bethesda game, I feel like visually it has come a long way. Um, I think it does play like a Bethesda game for the most part. Um, For good and bad. Yeah. For for, better or for worse. yeah, Yeah, for better or for worse. But I think it's in all the wrong reasons. Like, I feel like the way that this game is, this should have been in place of Fallout 76. This needed to come out when Fallout 76 did. I feel like the way that it's been developed and how it feels and even some of the mechanics and styles of like it being a Bethesda game. I don't know if that's clear or makes sense. But like you know, the way they tell the stories, the, the cutscenes and stuff, like all that feels very Bethesda y. But given that we're in twenty twenty three, it it doesn't hold up. I mean, it kinda sucks that Baldur's Gate came out um because it really rose the bar and when you compare those two which i guess some could say you know you really can't compare those two different games i agree with the way the story and functionality gameplay i I, like everything in that game just syncs together so well and makes you want to keep going and keep fighting and keep exploring and i don't feel that in this game
0: Yeah. I mean, I would actually even argue, I would almost disagree in that I do think you can compare these two games, although one's a shooter and one's like a top-down, you know, like isometric, but like at their core, they are full-blown immersive choice-driven RPGs. You know what I mean? And like you have in both games, you have the min-maxing capabilities, you have the choice-driven narrative, you have (coughs) like... True, true. All the, you know, settings to like make your character who it is and stuff like that. Yeah. And like the thing Baldur's Gate did so, so well is making it feel like the character that you built is like uniquely yours. Like I can go from a barbarian to a warlock to a sorcerer, which are the three characters that I'm running right now, and have vastly different experiences based on the skills that I've upgraded. Yeah. It's like my sorcerer has high persuasion. She can talk her way out of anything my barbarian is like, I'm just going to go in there and just freaking wreck people and destroy yeah. a lot of people. Super but stupid. But my sorcerer but is like super squishy. Um, that was the first thing I noticed in this game that I was kind of disappointed about was I spent an hour making my character because I had a good time like, you know, fashioning all the facial stuff, figuring out, trying to make my character look a little bit like me, but like a better version of myself. You yeah, know, Like yeah. more slimmed down, working out a lot more, yeah, that kind yeah, of yeah. look, yeah. you know. I deal so I did all that. I chose my background, which I spent a lot of time trying to figure. It. So, um, the 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 biggest like not biggest, but one of the bigger negatives I have about this game is I think, and I th- I know I think you're kind of different on this maybe, but I think the tutorial system in this game is like garbage. It's like real bad. Oh, I agree. Like how it trains. Like I wish, and you know, even um, even Baldur's Gate. Honestly, when I started Baldur's Gate. I wish they gave me more a better understanding because, like, had I not come from d and D background, I would have been lost oh, yeah. with all the stuff that was in there. Oh yeah, and you definitely. don't really know like what's good and what's bad and like how to kind of figure playstyle until you get into it. And in this <clears> game, like, <throat> I had no idea until I started the game that my background basically all it did was just determine my first three skill points that I put in. Yeah, um, yeah. But what I also didn't like is that I thought the background and particularly the traits based off of those items that I was choosing, because, like, they have background, which is, like, who were you before you started this game? So, like, I chose Space Scoundrel, because I was like, cool, I can be kind of a Han Solo type, you know, and, like, carry that through. Who did you pick?
1: Uh, I picked the Medic.
0: You picked the Medic, okay. Yeah, so let's see
1: if it pops up
0: here.
1: It's probably going to take a second. But, yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs)
1: Yeah, Combat Medic.
0: So it does tell you when you're picking your background, like, what your starting skills are. So it's like, okay, here's the three things you're going to start with. But you don't yet know, unless you did a bunch of reading ahead of time, what's even skills are in the game. You know, like I didn't realize that that was the perk system until I actually got into the game. Yeah. But there's also this background of like your, who you are as a person that was interesting. Cause it's like, they have a sculptor in here. I was like, you're an artist who like sculpted things.
1: It's all optional. So I was like, I don't have to pick anything. Well, the
0: background's not optional, but the traits are optional.
1: Oh, Sorry. Yeah. yeah, The traits were optional and each, each positive from the trait has a negative as well. So you have to like pick and choose like, Oh, okay. Do I want to have, X and then have a minus to Y. It's like, what has a better upside with having a downside? Yeah,
0: yeah. And I didn't realize that they were optional, honestly. So I drive. I mean, that's obviously right there in the menu, (laughs) but I just didn't comprehend that. I was like, I'm gonna get all three traits just for the hell of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went with like a neon street rat extrovert because like I I liked the bit. I wanted to have a companion because that was one of my biggest negatives. Why wouldn't
1: you have a companion in this game?
0: Yeah, well, because that's yeah, that's one of my biggest negatives with uh. Uh, Skyrim and Fallout was that you're by yourself almost all the time, you know, roaming this massive world. Right. And I love the idea of this game having like somebody there to help me shoot things and like fight and like interact with, even if it wasn't AI. So I went with that route. I did the Neon Street Rat um, just because it kind of reminded me of a Street Kid and a, you know, Cyberpunk. And then uh, I went with the Rays and Lightning because it said you got like a, a chest that you could get at the Alliance place. So I was just like, okay, that's cool. But all these choices that I made have had like virtually no impact in like my character's no noticeable dialogue option. Oh
1: yeah, that too. That too. Yeah. Now, like, yeah, bullish gay because it's like, oh well, I'm a rogue or um, you know, I'm I'm a ranger, so I can have ranger dialogue. Yep. And like people actually respond to that. And it's like, okay, okay.
0: Cool. Or I have high persuasion, so I can persuade somebody now. Right. And I have high persuasion in this, and I don't understand the <coughs> persuasion system. Is
1: ridiculous. Uh, I don't know. They didn't like train me on that. So I, had I didn't to look even know it there up. was until yeah. I started talking to someone. I was like, what the hell is this?
0: Yeah. It's really weird how the persuasion system works. Because basically, it's like you have your plus items on the right, left hand side. And at the bottom, you have like these bars that indicate like how many points you need to get to successfully persuade the person. And then, so if you do plus one, it's going to be an easier persuasion, but it gives you less numbers. And then there's plus two and plus three. But the problem is. Baldur's Gate shows you your dice roll, right? Of like how you did with that thing. Right. This doesn't tell you. It just says whether you're right or wrong. Yeah. So like, I don't have any context of like, like, what is the benefit of me doing plus three versus plus one? If it's like, is it a 50, 50 chance with plus three or is it a 30% chance or like, what is the probability of what's happening here? Right. Right. Like, how can I understand that how the persuasion system operates in order to like be successful at persuasion. Right. So like most of the time I just go in there and do plus one because it's the easiest, but you can't always do that because some of them require like if it's three dialogue choices, you need, you need to do a plus two or a plus three at some point in order to get the points you need to yeah. persuade them. Yeah. But then it's just random chance at that point. But I wish to kind
1: of explain what that was. Yeah. So um,
0: all yeah, the, I think
1: go ahead. there's a lot to be desired. And they just kind of yeah they thrust you into these things and these mechanics and it's like normally I like like new mechanics come along and it's like oh cool like something else that's interesting and I just haven't found that in this game I just felt like it's super it's just lags it lags and going back to like the story part you know yeah I was gonna say let's talk on the story for a little you, bit how do you f- how do you feel about like the, it. the starting point the start I mean okay so usually like main Beth- bethesda storylines the main storyline is like yeah you know it's good it's interesting there's cool things that happen but it's not like ooh, like this is the best thing ever so side quests that really like have some really cool stuff yeah that you want to go and explore and i felt like they really like they really hit hard on that like this story ain't mean nothing to nobody because you start as like this freaking um minor and you touch the, the crazy artifact and then and then you wake up and that's in between that whole you pass out you choose your character and then you come out and some guy comes in he's like hey you touched the thing we need to we need to you're gonna go with the constellation and talk to somebody I'm like okay yeah like it all happens really fast there's not like much context uh, the guy who eventually lands from constellation, like he has some dialogue stuff, so it kind of adds some background. But it's more of just like, let's just get you out of the starting zone and get you straight into the main story and get you to New Atlantis and let, let's let's get on with this Bethesda game, which it was, is fine. Yeah, it But was, I'm just like, dude, there is no world building in this. Yeah, there was hardly and like sp- like the space pirates come down and you have to attack them and I mean it plays like a normal Bethesda game. But I'm like, man. This combat kind of sucks. Like that's why I'm like this game feels like it should have came out for seventy six. Like I feel like the combat here should have more choices of like like take cover. I don't know, like certain like more dynamic combat than we're used to in Bethesda game, especially since we're in space. Like I just didn't feel like you just sit there and you go bang bang bang. Okay, I move behind a wall. All right, they're shooting at me. Okay, I come out again. I've loaded. Bah bah bah. And it's like this very I don't know it just seems like, almost like a super
0: dated it almost feels like i mean I actually like the combat portion of it I don't think it's amazing or anything but it feels like I'm playing at like call of duty missions you know where it's just like a bunch of things to shoot when you that's get true. in an area yeah. and just like go to town oh, yeah, right right there's a few scripted moments that happen here and there but it's really just like a big huge like play fun house to just go around and like <clears> shoot <throat> things and then um and go from there and i, I honestly am impressed cause i feel like that's one of the things that bethesda's always done a horrible job of is gunplay um and 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 combat generally i think yeah. combat in skyrim wasn't bad but like fallout's combat was just shit like i mean they had the vat system which kind of helped it a little bit but like it was a terribly designed system oh
1: it was always built around that so yeah
0: if you didn't use it which it's like a crutch though you know what i mean that's what's yeah, so that's like that's silly true. about it it's like yeah you can't do i mean it's better here the combat is better but I wanted more. Especially I'm also kind of surprised we don't have a VAT system in this. Of like, I know, you know, it's know. like the technology is better in post-apocalyptic wastelands than it is in like 2330, yeah. you know, space. It's kind yeah. of odd. Um, but I do like the. I mean, I think the gunplay has been good. I like that there's there's a pretty decent variety of like weapons throughout the game um, that you can get. I mean, you got pistols, you got shotguns, and there's also like a variety that's based off of where the guns come from you know, like the type of people you're fighting against. Like I love when you go to the free star land, like you're basically kind of getting like Western guns, but it's also kind of pulls me out a little bit. Cause I feel like there's a little, we're in this futuristic space environment and yes, it's like got the NASA punk vibe going on, but everything feels space feels old. What do you mean? Like it feels old. Like it feels like this is space. If it was space as envisioned, from like the 1950s or 60s like like I said it was like mm. NASA you know but it's like yeah. your guns don't feel like they're anything like this doesn't feel like guns from 300 years in the future this the spacecraft is cool but doesn't look or feel like it's spacecraft from 300 years in the future um, the environments don't look like 300 years in the future they look like what NASA would be doing now or 20 years ago or whatever or three, th- 60 years ago um, and then we go to the free start lane. It's like, you got a bunch of shotguns and like revolvers and stuff. That's like traditionally like Western. it's yeah, like, yeah, we're yeah. in the future now. Like the Western idea of like the wild West, I feel like wouldn't have made a comeback in 300 years in the future. Like it would yeah. be something different than traditional Western. So I don't know. I feel like there's just a weird, like everything feels old, but I don't, I don't mind it. Like, I think there's definitely a style here that's really in, intriguing it's just not, not what I expected. I yeah, I agree with that. Um, but back to the story, like the story. Um, I don't mind the story. I mean, it's
1: I you don't, got farther than I have. Yeah, like I literally got the constellation and I was like, "See y'all, I don't care yeah. about this thing at all." And I was like, "Like you touch the stone and like what's supposed to happen?" Like there's been no setup for like, oh, we don't know what this means. Like this has never happened before. Well, you need to go see a doctor or go see some specialist. No, it's just like, oh, cool. You're part of our club now. Let's go find more. It's like, okay. Yeah. Cool.
0: Yeah, it definitely like kind of accelerates it to hyperspeed. Well, I mean, just the fact that you walk out of the mine, you meet this guy named Barrett who's like, oh, you felt something magical too? That's cool. Here, take my ship. (laughs) Have fun. You just got got a free ship, you know?
1: I'll like, stay here and fight pirates the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> they're it, coming for us. And it's just, it was,
0: yeah, it was a very fast, not, I feel like it could have been way better thought out in that aspect um, to just make it more epic. But I've never, now Skyrim's beginning was cool with the whole dragon fight and everything like that. Like yes, that was neat.
1: Very interesting.
0: I don't think Fallout was that great. I mean, it's just like you're in the vault and it was like, here's your training <laughs> session and you like leave and then it's like, I hey, thought it was cool because well,
1: you got to, you know, Fallout 3. There was, like, I don't think there was, like, an intro of, like, prior to the war. But, like, in Fallout 4, you got to live very short moments. Oh, yeah. Very short moment outside before the bombs hit and create everything. So you get to, like, experience that, which was expanding on the story, expanding on the lore. And then you go into the shelter and you come out and, yeah. Like, I thought that was interesting. Everything's different. Yeah. Yeah, That was interesting. Like, you already knew where you were going. Yeah. it was cool to actually experience it yeah um, the
0: the story I mean there are there are nuggets as I've been playing forward that I'm like okay, this is kind of interesting this like I just I just encountered um, I'm not gonna reveal a lot but there's you know you start searching for a bunch of artifacts everywhere and that space your mission you just go to this place find an artifact you also go find people along the way to us like your different missions. so you meet a lot of NPCs over the course of the first four or five missions um, but one of them sent me to a temple. And there's some weird, like, magical stuff going on ah. at these temples, bless you, Thank you. Um, that I think is is added some more intrigue that I'm like, okay, there's a whole mystery that I'm excited about, but my biggest fear is that the payoff at the end is going to be, like, really shitty. But I've heard from people that have completed the game and podcasts that it's, like, was satisfying. Like, so whatever happens, like, it's not bad. But I'm just, like, I'm so nervous about it because I'm just like, okay, there's not a lot here to go off of, but the yeah. mystery is alluring enough where I'm like, okay, I want to keep kind of going for this. But what I've been trying to do, because everything I've listened to and read so far is like, don't, don't mainline this game. Cause it's not going to be like a lot of people are talking about how do you play this game and enjoy it? Because you can play the first 10 hours <laughs> of this game a, and a whole be bored. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it can be in points a very boring kind of drab looking game. Um, but there's a lot of interesting, cool things in this world that is that is worth exploring. And again, like I never got into Elder Scrolls before. I, I played eight hours of Elder Scrolls and fell off of it. Um, I played three or four hours of Fallout 4, <coughs> fell off of it. Played Fallout 76. You guys really don't we like that. fell off of that. Fell off of that. This is one that I'm like, I think I'm going to beat this game. Like I really I really do feel like I'm going to beat it. Wow. I'm enjoying enough of it throughout. Um there's there's issues for sure, but I I do love although it does feel old and stuff. I love looking at shit in this world. Like
1: I oh, think the it's really fascinating. And the worlds and the items are like on point.
0: Yeah,
1: I could care less about all the freaking apples and
0: shit that are lying all over the place. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But like just like walking your spaceship for the first time, it's like the the level of attention to detail yep. was like unreal. Like so many little detailed moments, and like you're going through caves and stuff like that, and there's all kinds of like cool shit to discover and find, and like nooks and crannies and whatnot and um the the cities so far have been pretty interesting. I mean, I think there's what i've what I've understood is there's four main cities um, the New Atlantis is the first one you land on, there is a uh, freestar collective or whatever, or like the the Wild west place, yeah, there's Mars underground. Have you been to Mars yet? Uh yes, 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 yeah. yeah, I was there. Um so is one and then uh <laughs> Neon. Have you been in Neon yet? I have not been in Neon. Okay. So I just got to Neon last night cuz so I was like I got to get to at least one the, the final like big plays. I
1: got gotcha. you. And it's
0: cool. It basically feels like you're in Cyberpunk 2077. Oh, cool but not as many like levels, right, you know, right. like, like cyberpunk is just like vertically impressive, yeah. you know, with everything they have in there. This one doesn't have as much of that, but it's got the same visual aesthetic and style to gotcha, it, gotcha. It's gotcha. really nice. So I'm excited to explore more of that region. Cause like I'm also the neon street rat kid or whatever. Mm. So I'm like, okay, I can like, you know, that's the first time I encounter like my character doing something because when I was going to neon, I was able to use neon street kid responses to like help my conversation along. Um which gotcha. is cool. So like gotcha. there there is that stuff in here. It's just few and far between.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I just feel like this plays very much like um Mass Effect. Where it's like, hey I'm on this planet. I'm gonna go to that planet. Teleport. Alright here, I landed. Alright, now I'm in the city. Now I'm gonna walk around, do stuff. Alright, I gotta go somewhere else. Alright. Teleport. Because <laughs> you can go to the missions and be like, hey track or like set waypoint on the map. And then you could just fast travel and everything is like fast travel. Like you could complete a mission on the planet and be like, oh, I'm going to fast travel to my ship by opening the made like, um, well, it's not like the, it's not like the spider sense thing or the Batman thing, the scanner scanner. Thank you. And then you can click like, it shows you where your ship is on the screen and then you just teleport to your ship uh, on the planet. So you don't have to walk all the way back. Well, oh,
0: that's just, that's a map actually. That's just a, the star map. <clears throat>
1: No, it's not Starman. It's when you're on the planet and you complete a mission, you can open up the like scanner thing that helps you look for uh, resources on the ground, yeah. and then it shows your your ship icon like oh, on the yeah. planet. Yeah, I just go in the map, and then and you just can just teleport. oh yeah I, yeah, I see that too. Yeah, well, that was like one of the tutorials early on. So yeah. I was like, oh cool. So I feel like like the space. I will never go in the space. I will never do dog fights unless they make me, because like I'm just. Like I, I chose that I'd rather be on the ground anyway, so I'm not like... I mean, this isn't like No Man's Sky, which we all knew it wasn't going to be, but I kind of wish it was to some degree because, I mean, going in and out of planets, which I guess you can do, right, which I haven't experienced, is fun and interesting, and it's cool to have that experience. And No Man's Sky, I think it got old after a while, but, I mean, they had ways of getting around that to make it quick and painless. But here, I am just want to of- I just want to do missions. Like I'm just so used to Bethesda and I like having this giant open world like in Fallout 4 and Skyrim. And it's like there's so much to explore. It is contained, but there's a lot there. In here it's like you have to go here, you have to go there. I know a lot of the plants are barren. Like a lot of the, the main interesting stuff is in the cities where you get missions and stuff and then they send you out and so I don't know if that's going to get tedious over time just being like, "Oh yeah, I'm going to go to the big city." All right, is there missions here? Okay, what do I do out there? Like, I don't want to. I'm not gonna just go and like get resources. (laughs) Yeah,
0: It, it is definitely a very different approach than like past Bethesda games, where like you can just like walk in one direction and just like run into a bunch of shit like on your way to like a destination. Yeah, and in here it's a lot of just like menu migration from point to point. Yeah, I I think it was a good solution for them to do it that way. Versus like, as I think there was a lot of people that were expecting like a No Man's Sky style with like oh, very definitely. good RPG mechanics. Definitely. And I think that was kind of um, a a narrative that we all kind of gave ourselves this game was going to be that we shouldn't have given to the game. You know, it's like we all kind of expected just because it's like in space and there's a thousand planets and hey man, we just assumed it was No Man's Sky. 25 years in the making. Then you got the yeah. Microsoft Bucks. So I think we just got too excited for that and expected too much out of it. But I honestly, looking back on it, thinking a lot on this, I much rather prefer this process than what No Man's Sky has. I do too. Yeah, because I love the idea of being able to take off in No Man's Sky, fly into the air, travel on the surface, whatever. But after a while, I'm like, I just want to get to where I want to be. Yes. And like, I I want to get to the action and I want to do the thing. So the fact in here, and I also didn't realize that I can... I thought you can only land on like points Let's, of interest on the map, but you can like click anywhere on the planet and land oh. there. So I was like
1: looking the other night. <laughs> yeah. Cause you know, like
0: whenever you scan it, you can scan for resources and it shows you where all the resources are. Yeah. So I can just click at any point on the map and there's a land icon. As long as it's not water, ah. you can just land there and you can just start walking. So like you, there is that exploration there, but like they give you a lot more control over cutting out the bullshit travel. Um, to do things and it's like I also like how like every mission I've done when I land at a point of interest it's like part of a mission or whatever there's within like 700 meters of me like a bunch of other things that I can go do if I want to so I'm kind of in an open world like space but like I'm not having to walk across the entire planet to find what I need like they've they've positioned the things close enough to me to where I can still wander but not like wander like last night I went to a planet it's like Tau Ceti or something like that and it was just like a, a portion of a main mission. But when I got, well, actually, no, let me take that back. So I went to another mission where I went to go rescue a guy. I landed there and I rescued him. And all I had to do was like land, rescue him, DM. <laughs> um, and then he, he you could decide if you wanted him to join your crew or not. So I was like, yeah, you can join my crew, come on in. But then I looked at my scanner and I was like, okay, there's three other things around me. There's like this old abandoned mission over here or abandoned posts. And there's something else over here. So I went to the abandoned post. I walked over there. Um, there was a bunch of new enemies I'd never encountered before called the Eclipse. Um, and they're just like super armored like space dudes. Um, so I started finding all these guys, killed all of them, um, took all their loot. There's a lot of loot in this game. Uh, we'll get to the, the the inventory here in a minute. Um, but I took all their loot and then uh, got some cool shit out of it. I was like, okay, cool. And then I saw in the distance another base. I was like, oh, there's a ship over there. I'm going to walk over there. And then see what's going on. So I walk over there and I see the ship. And I see two guys over like on another like part of the outpost, just like hanging out. And then I saw their ship and I was like, huh. I'm gonna go see if their ship's open. So I walk up their ship and it was open, and I go inside and I steal it. Oh man. And I just flew off, no combat encounter, took off, got a brand new ship. It's like three times to- or twice the size of the one you start with Dang. for free. Wow! Free ship, didn't have to fight anybody. It was awesome. Would you go somewhere after that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's my main ship now, so I'm just like flying out oh. that ship. Yeah. Wait.
1: So you just like did you go to uh, a main city and land? Uh, yeah. After I just stole the ship, yeah.
0: And they didn't do anything. No, because uh, it was uh, yeah, I was able to register it as like
1: mine. Oh, so like it was so nobody's ship. Yeah, I guess. Wow. Like, ship. I mean, like, I
0: think it was their ship, but I think they were like pirates. Uh, I don't think it was actually. I landed at New Atlantis and I went up to the guy and I registered it. Now it's in my arsenal of ships and I nice. can just like use that whenever. And nice. it's like three story. It's way faster. It's got more armor, uh, not way faster, but it's just bigger, has more space. Um, and yeah, so I got, got a free ship. So that was really cool. That was just
1: able to just do that and just like, you know, make my way around. See, I wish you could like scan the planet and it's like, Oh, here's like 15 or X amount of points of interest. And you have to, like, go explore that area. And then it's like, oh, there's an outpost here. Or, oh, there's, like, you know, a facility or, like, a mining tunnel or, you know. You, so, like, the plant, like there's something to do on the planet. It's like, here's a city. And then here might be, like, one other point of interest. I mean, you can do that. But it's like you have to, to, to land to.
0: there first before you can do it. You can't just, like, scan from the sky. I wish you could Like, do that. if you land, then it's so, and, like, you find a point of interest, you land, but then once you land, you can pull up your scanner and just see like the six things around you. There's mm. usually I've never had an, a time where I've landed and there's nothing around me. There's always something gotcha, there. Gotcha. But it does make you do a little bit of work to like
1: Okay. Get I should on the try planet. that,
0: see if that helps yeah. me get,
1: like the game better.
0: But there are like I mean, the things that I explore, like I mean it's it's kind of the same. You go to an abandoned mine or abandon this or whatever, and there's like maybe some guys are to fight and you pick up loot and then you run off. I haven't found anything that's like too super like different
1: per se, but it's still... It's cool. You know, it's a nice break between questing. Um, I mean, that's what you do in all Bethesda games. Like, it's just like, here's a dungeon. Go kill everything in it and get some kind of cool loot thing. And then yeah. it's, if don't need it, you sell it. And then you can buy other things. And it's just like, okay. But I feel like now it's really boring. Like, that's boring. Yeah. Like, I, I had to do uh, a mission to... Uh, so I, I joined the 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 Vanguard, and they sent me on a mission. So I went to go talk to some people, and then I found out the facility's broken down. Or like the everyone in the facility's dead besides this one soldier person. They're like, there's like an alien here. Sounds like Dead Space. Yeah, there's an alien here that you need to kill so we can get a sample and figure out what's going on. And... Um, shit, I forgot where I was going with that. Great story.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: i'll just tell you about the story how about that okay um and then we like it like that was like an interesting mission yeah because it was me having to turn on all these generators and this facility while there was this alien that could kill me like two hits presumably i don't know it was like running around and you had to sneak because it detected sound i guess and so um, have you unlocked sneak yet then i haven't unlocked sneak okay but like the more you move or the faster you move, the more attention you bring to yourself. So it would like come in that direction until it found you. Then it would chase you. Yeah. So I turned everything on and it, came, it crawled up this wall as I turned on the last generator and it just like lunged at me. And then all the turrets that were there just like aimed at it and killed it for me. And I was like, Oh, oh my nice. God, I almost died. But it was like a super interesting mission because then you go to find, uh, you go to this Mars, I think it's Mars and you find this uh, scientist And so the whole time, it's uh, you talking to people, and then you go to this mine colony that's been overtaken by pirates. This is, okay, I don't know what I was trying to get to. But it's just like you clear out all the people in this mine, and it's like, well, that's just what you do in every Bethesda game. There's like a tunnel, and you go down it, and you kill everybody. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Like nothing's changed. son of a bitch. I know. Well, there are pirates. I didn't care. Anyway, I did the thing, and... I freed this guy, and it was a cool... It ended up being cool because then I went back to New Atlantis because I had to petition the, 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 the government people to give me um, access to some archive, and they're like, okay, we're going to start this petition, and that's when the aliens came and attacked New Atlantis, and so everything changed. So I had to fight aliens at the spaceport, and I was like, this is actually kind of cool. Yeah. Like it was actually an interesting story, yeah. which has nothing to do with the main story. Well,
0: and that's everything I've been hearing and reading is that that's the biggest benefit of this game is that you you have the main story. It's there, but like it's been suggested and I've been trying to go this route is that you find a path that you like and just kind of go down that path. Because it's like you can like you said, you join the Vanguard, like there's every group that you encounter, like sometimes they're traders or whatever. And then you can be like, hey, do you guys have work for me? And they can give you work to do and you can like join. So I've joined the Freestar Rangers. I've joined the Vanguard. I'm really curious if like by joining all these different groups, if it's going to create like some kind of like later on like story like collusion or whatever. It's like, oh, so you're a Freestar Ranger. Well, we don't like you because, you know, you're like part of whatever. (laughs) But I I don't know if they're going to get that deep with it. But I think it'd be kind of interesting if they did. Um, but, um, I've heard that those story missions, like where you get a job and you follow down those side quest paths and just kind of like run with them. Yeah. Like you encounter a lot of really interesting things. Like I, I did yeah. a mission in the well on new Atlantis that was like, it was a very basic one where I just ran in this lady and she was like, Hey, um, we're there's like power outages all throughout the, the well. And I need, I'm like understaffed right now. I need somebody to help me like, just go check on these breakers. And I was like, "Oh, that's kind of boring, but it's probably quick. and give me some money or whatever?" Yeah. And I'm space scoundrel. I was like, "Well, as long as you pay me, you know, I'll hook you up." <laughs> so um, she was like, "Yeah, go do these things." So I go and find these three things, and then what turns to find? What we come to find out is uh, somebody's maliciously been turning off the power in the well, causing like basically people to like not have power. And they're like, "Huh? Well, what's going on here?" So I go on this like wild goose chase throughout New Atlantis and find out that there was a group. That was siphoning power to like themselves to like help power their like server rigs to do like malicious trading on the giga bank or some shit like that. And they were stealing the power. So you think it's a trade authority or no, the trade authority, but also at some point finds cuts catches wind of this and the power going out is also affecting their business. Because they trade in illegal goods and all kinds of stuff, so they need to make sure that they have all the power. So they need to make a choice of like, do I want to give this information that I just found out about whatever is happening to the trade authority, or do I want to give it to um, the lady that works for the the uh, the uh, Vanguard or not the vanguard, the the UC group or whatever, the mast? Do I want to give it to mast, or do I want to give it to her, the other one? Turns out it really didn't really matter between the two, but I thought it was interesting that there was like this diversion of like kind of cat and mouse back and forth. Yeah. But in the process of me going through that, I come across this room that was locked and I had to turn on a breaker in there. And so I, uh, or I think there's a breaker in there or something. I know I, I found a breaker and then I saw a door that was locked. I was like, let me go in there and unlock it. So I do the little digi pic thing. Side note. The Digipick system—they did not do a good job tutorializing that very well. I did not know what I was doing at the no, beginning. No, I didn't
1: think there was any tutorial. And I ran
0: through—I ran through all my Digipics at the very beginning. I was like, "What the hell?" And then eventually, I looked looked up how to do it. And I was like, yeah. "Oh, so every time you start hacking, you use a digipick. Yeah.
1: And if you restart, then you use another digipick. Yeah. It was it's very a, confusing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Dumb. Well, I didn't realize how you're supposed to like do the combination thing. And I was like, no yeah. oh. it's very confusing. Now it's I get, still not now easy. I get it. Yeah.
0: But all to be said, so I I go, I unlock this room, I open it up. There's this freaking rabid robot dog that comes out and attacks me and like launches at me and starts trying to eat me. I was like, (laughs) holy shit. So me and my companion like freaking shoot the hell out of it. And then I find out this dude uh, who was dead on the floor had bought this dog, like his pet from somebody. And they like, the, the guy that bought it didn't pay the other guy for the dog so he like took it and basically like didn't pay for it so the guy that sold the dog had put like still could take control of the dog so he turned on like like kill mode and the dog just like kills the dude because he didn't pay the other guy
1: whoa and that was just
0: something i stumbled upon by doing another side quest i was like okay that's kind of interesting you know like there's a lot of cool stuff there's a lot of cool like like that's what's fun about it it's just like they're there's a lot to look through and explore and like the gunplay is not great. And there's <laughs> definitely some quality of life issues. So well, other gunplay is good, but like there's quality of life issues throughout the encumbrance is terrible, but like it's fun to, this is the first time I played a Bethesda game that I'm like, I want to explore.
1: This is the first time I played a Bethesda game. and I'm like, eh. yeah, you're like, I don't <laughs> want to explore. It's so funny. Well, I think there's something to be said about the giant world that you can traverse in minus a universe. It's, it's almost like too big. And if it's, yeah, I think it's, uh, and if you want it, I mean, it needs to be big because it's a universe. But at the same time, there's not going to be the amount of care and detail of just like walking around and stumbling across something. Like if you go in the cities, yeah, you stumble across something. Like I, I do like you go in the cities. Uh, oh, I went to Mars and I went into the main city. And then there's a person just leaning on the wall. And I went up to talk to her. She's like, Oh, I'm a bounty hunter. Oh, yeah, you want to help me with the quest? And I was like, Oh that's cool. Like you can just walk in and start talking to people and someone's going to give you a quest. Yeah. Like anywhere you go in any big city, like you just random people will give you something. And that's what I enjoy about Bethesda games. But I also enjoy that, like being out in the world and finding a quest like that. Yeah. But I don't know if that's going to have the same effect here, given the nature of the game. Yeah. I'm sure there's stuff out there, but I don't know if it's going to be as tight as it was in other ones. I feel like it just takes longer to get to it because there is so much more to explore. Yeah, it's yeah. like I did have a
0: part where I like went off on the first planet I landed on. I just went wandering, and I uh, found a cave off in the distance. So I went out to that cave and I went down and explored and uh, got a bunch of loot and shit like that. But you could tell somebody had been down here because there was like stuff flying around. Um, like it was, it was like somebody was like surveying or like collecting or something. But I stole all the shit. I walk outside. Uh, there's a, a dude with a gun to my face. Waiting for me outside the cave. Oh, and I'm like 500 meters away from like any major city, and he's just out there. He's like, "You just stole my shit," and he's like, "It's a confrontation." I'm like, "Well, I can kill this guy, or I can like talk him down." So I use my persuasion to talk him down. He's like, "I better not see you out here again. That was my shit. Better not be stealing." I don't know. (laughs) So he's just like,
1: like, "Yeah, take my shit. I forgive you." Yeah, basically.
0: (laughs) Uh, But it was like, okay, there was there was a, a hint of that kind of idea happening there, where it's like. I was out in the middle of nowhere and this wasn't like an objective cave. It was just a cave, you know, that I just happened to stumble upon and there was, there was somebody there. So I think those moments can happen. It's just there. There's just so much here and you have to do so much traveling around and it's, it is a lot easier to funnel yourself in the cities to do a bunch, to get a bunch of quests. And then, Kind of discover like you have to find the quest I think in order to like do the discovery yeah because I just don't think it's gonna be super rewarding just like land on a planet and start walking yeah exactly you know and exactly. find stuff because a lot of it's just gonna be like the same old stuff you may have like one mission you're like oh that's really cool I did find one again also exploring somewhat upon a random town or under uh, abandoned UC base and um there was nobody there but I was able to go through the whole thing oh those turrets there so the turrets are trying to kill me. But I took those out and then explored the whole base and found a legendary um, there. So I was like, okay, I got a legendary item, so that was kind of cool. Um, but I w- there was no marker telling me to go there. It was just it was a base that I saw, so I was like, why don't we go there? So I have had like rewards for every just dis- exploration I've done, but um, it is uh, it's very different, you know, than like what you're used to with Bethesda.
1: Yeah. There's a lot <sighs> I say wait on this game. I don't think it's worth getting it now unless you have Game Pass. I mean, I just feel like there are other games out there right now that just would be better to play if you haven't played them yet, like obviously Ballersgate 3 if you can get it, it's on PlayStation 5 now, so might as well pick that up. I just I think this might be a forgettable game. Like I think it's hot now. But I don't think it's going to last. Like, we have Spider Man 2 coming out. Like, I think that's going to trump that. Like, yeah. Once that comes out, like, people are going to forget about this game. But, I mean, there's good things in this game. Sure. I, I'm sure there is. I'm sure they're going to update. I'm sure they're going to fix bugs. I'm sure they're going to add expansions and make it a little better. But I just think, yeah, it's forgettable. I'm going to blow your mind. Okay.
0: But I think this is going to have the same effect as Skyrim. What do you mean? Long term. 10 years from now, we're still going to be talking about this game. I feel I feel like it's going to happen. <coughs> I think what's going to happen. The reason I say that I don't know, but okay. because yeah. there's a lot that people haven't discovered yet. Yeah, because I mean, I feel like you have to play through this game multiple times. You have to put a lot of like time into it to really understand like what all is here. Yeah, um, I think they're going to fix it. You know, there's I mean, there's not a lot to fix. I will say, like this is the the cleanest, most polished Bethesda game I've ever played, ever. Um, it works great. I've had one crash desktop. Um, people have had concerns about performance. I haven't really had any performance issues. I'm playing on Ultra and it's like 60, 70 frames a second um, on my 3070. So it's like hasn't been super bad. Um, it looks pretty good. Very whitewashed though yeah it was like there's some kind of like whitewashing happening on the screen that i don't Someone understand said they put
1: vaseline on the camera <laughs> yeah
0: yeah i definitely can see that it's like oversaturated or it's not oversaturated is it saturated right yeah huge saturation
1: no um over bright uh, too much bright like the brightness yeah. is maxed out yeah something like that yeah there's dude there's no gamma uh
0: setting on yeah this game. there's no
1: like there's I'm like,
0: horrible kidding? like display settings in this game
1: there's no I mean there's some yeah you can like change the settings, graphics but, but there's, there's no you can't change brightness contrast I'm like why no HDR modifications what like what the hell yeah yeah I was some things are like too dark and and I can't raise them up for the for the most part it actually does okay but at the same time I'm like dude let yeah. me adjust some stuff like, what kind of game doesn't have that
0: yeah i do think the graphics are are pretty good too i mean they're they're not like mind-blowingly great but you know they're not like cyberpunk level per se but they're the best for bethesda for they're the best for bethesda and the the amount of depth that is in this game i'm like okay it's it's pretty damn good people are saying it like looks like 2005 but i don't really think so i mean it doesn't look like a game that came out in 2023 but there is some like there's like the world itself is like has some areas where it's not as detailed but like the environments are like really really nice yeah like they look really good um but uh but yeah no i think i think this could be cuz i think what's going to happen is they're going to the modding community is going to really expand this game quite a bit there's already
1: mods out there already mods out there the yeah optimization I the,
0: so, the inventory <laughs> mod
1: i went on uh, nexus mods and they i guess they have like a news board or something and they're like um, the people who did the skyrim and fallout 4 community patch are calling for people to come and help them because they're going to make the unofficial starfield community patch, Mm. which is going to like, you know, fix some things. And it's like, some of it is like minor detail stuff. That's just like whatever, but other, like they really get in there and fix some things and, but try to keep it as close to what Bethesda has created as possible. And I'm just like, Oh, cool. So those are like always like the top mods for every, of all those games. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, Oh, is it out? And there's like, there's nothing out yet. Yeah. They're like calling for people to come and help. Yeah which is great. Like is great that they still allow modding for this game. And I mean, that's always, I mean, that's why Skyrim has lasted so long in my opinion. It's freaking mods. Right. I mean, it's, it's people, people are still playing it today. People are still creating mods for it today. Um, probably not as much, but I just feel like the fact that we, I, I don't know if they factor that in to them creating stuff like, Oh, the mod community will fix something like this. We're just going to create what we do or whatever. But I hope that's not, like, a thing. I don't know if it is. I don't know if it isn't. Wait, sorry. Say that one more time. That they might, like, be like, oh, there might be a bug or something that's not as, like, polished or whatever yeah. here. But the mod community will fix it for oh, us. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. I hope not either.
0: I don't know. if I don't know their pedigree. Like, if they've done that in the past or anything like that. But... I don't know either. I hope not. But I, I do think... I think it's going to have long term longevity because I think there's, there's a lot to discover in this game that we haven't discovered yet. I keep seeing new content come out of like, oh man, I just discovered this or I just figured this out. And there, there's definitely a lot of things that people are finding as they go. And like, you know, people are reviewing this game right now, full reviews, and they're like already giving it a score. It's like IGN gave it a 7.5 or something like that, which I'm like, how the hell can you give it a 7.5 and you gave Cyberpunk a 9? Like, Cyberpunk was so shit when it launched. Okay. Fair enough. Wow. That's fucked up. Right. Like and then but it's like you can't (laughs) expect to have even if you had this two weeks early like you put a little bit now granted going back to the idea of like you know casual gaming audience 10 hours of gameplay is a lot to commit to something. Right. Yeah. And it's like if the game doesn't get good until 10 hours in that's can be a problem. Oh, that's a huge problem. And I, I do think that that's not a good thing. So it's like you really need to learn from other people. of Like you got to read up a little bit about this game, about how to play it, I think. But I think it does have potential long term to be something super, super special that people are going to remember and talk about a lot. Because of how much is here, there's a lot of really interesting evolving stories. I think the mod community is going to add... A lot to it because I heard that there's even potential for like the modding community to add new planets and like modify you know planets and things like that which I think is really cool um, so yeah and I think it's it's pulling in people like me who have never liked Bethesda game to it's actually like want to play a Bethesda game Yeah, you know it's kind of like the, yeah. uh, the the Elden Ring in a way it's not an Elden Ring I can't compare it to Elden Ring because Elden Ring <laughs> did something totally different but like Elden Ring opened it up to more people I think this could open it up to more people too and you know, hopefully that's enough to kind of kind of lock it in. But they do got to fix some things. They gotta they gotta redesign the inventory system real bad. It's um, not happen. Yeah, <laughs> it, I mean, that's yeah, true. Skyrim never got updated. No, so. no, you have to wait for a mod to come out. I feel like it's a new era. You know, it's like you got to be doing these things. I mean, look at what a freaking uh, Cyberpunk did. I mean, they redesigned the shit out of that game like five times, and now it's great. Well, yeah, yeah, they kind of had to.
1: Yeah, they don't want to get sued. Um, oh. So Metascore has. Uh, 57 critic reviews. Starfield sends sitting at 87. But user scores, 40, 4,602 ratings at 5.6. I mean, what I've played so far, I just I just feel like, man, the heydays of Bethesda's behind them. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's some good stuff in this game. And yeah, I mean, it's definitely a Bethesda game, but it's not capturing me like those other games captured me.
0: So I have a question, too. Okay. Just as like a... I'm scared. I know, right? Well, I'm thinking, like, is it because So last time we played, like, a really good Fallout game was Fallout 4. Yeah. And that was, when did that game come out? Like, 2000-something? 2016,
1: 2017. Like, maybe 2015. Yeah, maybe 2015.
0: So, that's eight years ago. Yeah. So, is it... I wonder how much our where we are in our life has changed that because like you have an impression of Fallout 4 at your what were you probably like 24, 23 or no to 20, 26 probably around yeah, that time something like that. So you're 25, 26 year old self. Yeah. Now you're like mid 30s. Yeah. I wonder how much that affects
1: your I, opinion. I, th- I think it affects it a lot actually. Yeah. I mean so many awesome games have come out like I, I think you need sometimes you need something kind of tight you know. Like, I always go back to The Witcher, where the main story was just, like, super gripping. You want to know what's going to happen next. Every It keeps pushing you forward. Yeah. And there's all this side content. You're like, fuck. But you feel like the choices are, like, I felt like when I was playing The Witcher, if I strayed from, there's so many, like, things happening now that I feel like I had to do right now. Yeah. If I strayed from the main campaign, you know, there's time system stuff. But yeah. Not really. I mean, it's a game. Like, the missions are waiting for you. And I knew, but it like, I gave you the illusion that it was, yeah, that. exactly. Yeah. It's like, oh, shit, like, there's these, yeah, you know, you guys know the Witcher yeah. 3. So, like, I want that for every game, really. Yeah. And then having those side missions, like, stuff that you can come back to and want to play the game again. Like, in Mass Effect, it's like, I could, I'm going to play this game, like, probably three times because you can go to the neutral path, the good, the Paragon path, or the Renegade path. So, if I miss something along the way, like I know I can go back and find new things to do on my new playthroughs. Sure, the same thing here, but you don't have that kind of tight like you know. Mass Effect was just great. The story, yeah. at least in the first two, arguably well, like the, the main third story
0: one. was like super gripping. Exactly. You know, it's like exactly. The side quests were like eh, you know, kind of good. This one, it's like the side quests are more exciting than the main story is. Just, just it's a weird, it's a weird direction. Yeah. You know, it's it's just different than what we're used to. But yeah, or that what I'm used to. But I was curious about the age thing because, like, for me, like, I think, too, like, if I were to play Fallout 4, like, as a brand new game today, I wonder if I would have liked it better. Because back then, what I'm realizing, it's like, I'm, I'm like, eating up RPGs nowadays, but I used to hate RPGs. That's true. You know, and I never true. played yeah. RPGs. Yeah. And now I'm, like, I've been playing Cyberpunk and I'm playing this. I'm playing Baldur's <laughs> Gate and love them all. But I would never touch an RPG when I was a kid. Or like you know, in my twenties or whatever. Right, right. I was a shooter guy, and that was it. You know, so it's like I wonder how much our age has affected that. And like, this is something that like we're looking for the memory and the excitement that we had from our your Skyrim days. And yeah, your, yeah. you had such fond memories
1: of that era that like this game just didn't capture it because it's a different time, different age. You <laughs> well, know? at the time, like those, those were the kind of like the only games out there that gave that experience that did that and now yeah. we have a bunch of other comparisons yeah exactly yeah, yeah. that's the thing and it's like it's true yeah but like so we were watching some fallout 4 footage just to kind of make comparisons i was like i almost want to just go back and play fallout 4 <laughs> i'm not gonna lie i mean on top uh, of that i can mod it and make it look like you know today's graphics anyway yeah, yeah. so but i don't know I, I think time will tell we'll see where we go but i do think this is just going to be a forgettable game in the end yeah yeah yeah, I, I'm
0: whole, I mean, yeah, you think it's forgettable. I think it's going to hopefully last on, but I think it's gonna take a while. I don't think it's going to, like, I don't think this is going to be in the game of the year conversation for a lot of people this year. I really don't think it's going to have the potential. I think some people are going to try to put it in there, but I really think with, again, with Baldur's Gate three coming out, that's still to me is such a superior game across all the different directions all the different classifications than Starfield is. Just because it's like the story is awesome, the gameplay is awesome. The it's just it's polished, it works. Like I haven't gone through Act Two and Three yet, but like the the cutscenes and the the interactions between characters are so more, more so much more dynamic, and this one just doesn't have that dynamic yeah. cutscene thing when it's so yeah. conversation heavy.
1: It just feels like nothing really matters in this game. Like you're just in this world to have fun, experience cool things. Oh, but yeah. Baller Skates like you affect every like everything you choose and do and don't do affects what is coming. Jason next. went and pissed off some people
0: and killed somebody and then uh, suddenly we lost an entire town worth of traitors.
1: and innocent people. And innocent people. <laughs> Just Here, because of one like, action.
0: You know like that I haven't experienced that kind of that level of change, you know, yeah. yet in this game. It's not going to be there. Yeah. It's not going to be there. Yeah. So, I don't know. I have heard though. So I did hear somebody say that they committed a crime uh, somewhere up in space or whatever, and then somebody saw, saw it happen and they got arrested and they got put in jail. Oh. So there's like jail in this game. And well, so, last like that. time I so committed a crime,
1: everyone just tried to kill me. I mean, that could happen too.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so I think there are some, some of those things to discover. It's just, I'm afraid to do stuff like that because I'm like, I want to play the nice playthrough.
1: Yeah. But I am curious if you go back and be evil later on a bit. You know, <clears> I saw someone was in this room of people. And they were just shooting at stuff, but not the people. Like shooting near them, next to them, at oh, their weird. feet. And it's like everyone was just like, "Yeah, everything's cool here, everything's fine." Then he got a grenade and he threw it like at the corner of a room, and everyone was like, was like, "Oh, well, so that's what sets you off? That's a trigger, yeah, yeah." yeah. But like, that's in, funny. I forgot what game it was, but it's like you steal something, and like a guard will come up and be like, "Hey, you're gonna." Uh, You've created a crime. You know, pay us or go to jail. It might have been Skyrim, honestly, or Red Dead, maybe, maybe, yeah. Or, I don't know, yeah. So it's just like something like that. Like in this game, it's just like you committed a crime. You gotta die. This is space.
0: Or, or you'll have a message that pops up that says Sarah did not like that
1: because <laughs> <laughs> Sarah oh, yeah, hates yeah. everything. Yeah, you do that's that's wrong. Right, Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah.
0: I've gotten rid of her. I've switched to somebody else because <laughs> my my antics in the world are not satisfactory to her, and I right. I, I want to I want a romance character, but. She clearly does want to romance me because she does. She's a goody goody. So I'm like, fair enough. you're fair out enough. the door. I got this new Andrea girl oh, and okay. then just Russian girl that I found in the, the mines of one of the towns I went to. So up, yeah, so we'll see.
1: Cool. Um, well, yeah, we'll, we'll be back. We have Jason on. He's going to talk about his experiences. What do you think? Is he going to like, it? Is he going to hate it? I don't know. He, he, I, feel I like thought he wasn't going to play this game.
0: I thought he wasn't either, but I, I think he's going to, I don't think he's going to like it. That's my, my prediction. <laughs> Okay. I think he's going to be okay with it, but I think this this game probably need to be co-op for him to, like, mm-hmm. grip it. like right, Really fall in love with yep, it. Yep. So, but we'll see. I don't know. That's All my right. assumption, though.
1: We'll check it out. Come back, guys. We'll be back. Full
0: review. Coming soon. So, there's been a lot of space games coming out lately. You know, we got games like Starfield where you're, like, up in space traveling around. Well, I'm going to talk about another space game. This is a game it's that another. you may not realize another but you start out you have a character who's up in space crash lands on this place and then somebody else goes to try and save them and they also crash land so then it's up to you the rookie to have to go and save you're a rookie the (laughs) explorers the adventures wow in a game none other than Pikmin 4. Oh. Bet you oh, didn't know that's what was coming. Oh. This is a Nintendo game on the Switch? Yeah. Wow, it looks good. <laughs> it looks really good. Yeah. It's like one of the best looking like Nintendo games I think I've seen. Why don't they make like like this all the time? I don't know. It's got a really interesting uh, shallow depth of field, you know, style going on that like has like kind of a miniature like style something. Yeah, I, I yeah. don't know. It looks really good. But so there's this guy named captain olivar olimar or something like that that crash lands and then other people come and crash land and basically you are this adventure spaceman character who's on this planet who now has to go save all the officers who crash landed and save captain olimar uh, the rescue corpse is what they're called um so that's the the basis of the game when you start out so in pikmin so i never played tiny can i know you play tiny can but like this is my first like adventure into like a Pikmin style world. Um, I guess the closest I had was like Kona Bridge of Spirits or whatever, because that game you know it had little little characters that followed you around the the rot. But in this game, uh, you have a little Pikmin that will follow you around. So you started out with no Pikmin. You started out with a little dog named like Ochi or something like that. I believe is the name.
1: Wait, so you land in a spaceship, but the Pikmin land in a flower ship. Uh, yeah, so when you travel
0: around, yes, they're like it's like a little Oh like, my god. It's like a little tomato bowl. They're like little plant creature
1: things. <laughs> I know, I know. It's a plant yeah. ship. Yeah, so <laughs> cute. The heck, you know? they so cute.
0: And then you can get like little honeydews and then you can go send the Pikmin to the honeydews and they grow a flower on top of their head so they move faster when they have the little flower. Oh. Yeah. So um that's really neat. But uh in this game, in Pikmin. Uh, these are small plant-like creatures with distinct abilities you can grow, pluck, guide, and overpower enemies with. You use your Pikmin's miniature mites and a bit of strategy to explore a mysterious planet in search of your crew and treasure. So as you're exploring the planet, you're looking for a survivor. You're looking for the lost like officers, but you're also looking for like treasures. So you find a bunch of things like a baseball or a clock, and you can bring that and put it into your ship, and they process it for like materials to like make new stuff and upgrade things and whatnot. Um, you can also collect little like diamond thingies that also give you resources that you can then use to like upgrade <coughs> stuff as well. Um, so you start out you customize your explorer and then leads the charge each day to find your crew and fix the rescue core ship. Um, the SS Shepherd. So they have this like like I mentioned the art style is like really kind of realistic looking, surprisingly good looking in a in a lot of ways. Nice uh, shallow depth of field going on. It just it just looks nice, and they did a good job to like take advantage of like the 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 issues with um, the switch and make it look really good. All things considered, um, each area. So you start out, you land into an area with your ship, and your ship needs a bunch of parts to like make it run again, to turn on the radar, to eventually make it fly again, all that stuff. So you roam around this like open area space to discover. Um, caves, uh, discover like collectibles, um, discover resources, fight bad guys and much more. And you have a little tablet that you can use. You pull up the tablet and that tablet will let you like, you know, check your map and like look at the travel log and do all these different things. And, um, as you start running around, you eventually very quickly discover these little plants and these little plants have numbers at the top of them. So you can, um, Get, pull those plants down and collect more Pikmin. And there's also certain areas where you just find Pikmin that are just growing out of the ground. And you just go pluck them out of the ground and you add them to your army. And they just start following you. And there's different types of Pikmin. So the first Pikmin you get are the red Pikmin. They're fire Pikmin. So they can like uh, deal with fire-related stuff. Um, you eventually get electricity Pikmin that are resistant to electricity. Um, there's ice Pikmin that can like freeze stuff. Um, all kinds of different Pikmin. So I've only discovered, like, I think three or four of them. And then I have my little dog that I can use to, like, crash into things to, like, tear down, like, obstacles and whatnot. Um, And he can also, like, he can do certain things that the the other Pikmin can't. You can also eventually ride him, which is kind of cool. So you can use him as, like, a fast fast travel character, but, like, a a rideable character, and all the Pikmin jump on top of him, and I think it's really cool. Um, You can have a lot of Pikmin. Over time, you can add more. Like, right now I have about 30 Pikmin that run around with me. And so then you always have those or you lose them. Uh, you always have them. You can lose them. You got to be careful because sometimes you can leave them behind. You can kill your Pikmin on accident. You, you can like, kill them. Yeah. If you if you do too much, like if you walk in the water, and you don't save them like they could drown. So you got to make sure you like bring Jeez. them back away from things. But there's so you gotta death be in this game. There can be. I thought, yeah. was, a chi- I thought was a child's game. It's a light death. You know, it's very easy to bring them back. You know, you, okay, just, okay. you, you have a little, light death. Yeah. You have this little whistle uh, feature that basically rallies the Pikmin around you. So um, at the, the, the game is set up to where it's a day and night cycle situation. So you go out for the day and there's this like clock that tells you like how far you are to the evening. And as you're wandering around, like the clock will like slowly drop. And then once it gets down at nighttime, you got to get back home because at nighttime, all the creatures get really bad and angry. And they want to kill you. So you can't be out at night. I haven't stayed out at night. I don't know if you're even allowed to, but you basically have to leave at the end of the day. And then that's when you go back to your ship to like upgrade things, customize stuff, and then go back to the next day and restart. Not a huge fan of that feature because there's times where like the day goes by so fast and I'm like, shit, I'm not done exploring. I want to keep exploring stuff, but it forces you to go back and have to like do ship stuff and then go through a series of loading screens. Kind of annoying, but it is what it is. Um, but as you get your pe- Pikmin, you can guide them to different adventures to find treasure, explore new paths, battle the enemies. They can also pick up and collect resources. So like whenever you hover over some kind of resource, it'll tell you how many Pikmin you need to like grab the thing. Um, so some of it's like three, P- three, three Pikmin. Sometimes it's ten. Sometimes it's fifteen. So you gotta throw those Pikmin there and then they either just like go back to your home base to like deposit the stuff and then you have to then go retrieve them to like use them again out in the world. Um there's a uh, use the whistle to gather your Pikmin. Um, you can protect your Pikmin too. Um, there's, there's also this, one of the big mechanics of it is these cave systems. So you find these little like circles that have like a lid on, like a blue lid on top of them. And you go into open up the lid and you drop down there with a bunch of Pikmin and you explore like a series of caves. So sometimes it can be like a one level cave. Sometimes it's a two level cave. Other times it's th- even three levels. And each level you have your Pikmin with you and you can um, you just you see a map. You can tell like where you have to go and you just go through there and explore the whole cave until it's all done. So you're either going to be maybe collect a rescue or collect a, um, an officer um, who will come back and like aid you in some capacity at your ship. Um, you might be just collecting your resources. A lot of it's resource gathering, fighting bad guys and then collecting the officers. That's like my main mission right
1: now. Wait, so the first mission is an officer learning the basics, and then this one is so you actually get to create your own self. Yeah, so the first mission is actually you're playing the officer who
0: gets eventually crash lands and gets lost. So that's just like the tutorial mission. His name's Captain Oliver, and he's the one, Olimar, and he's the one who like has done a bunch of research on these Pikmin and the planets and stuff like that. So as you play and uncover new things. You unlock logs from Captain Olimar. That's him talking about what this thing does or how it works or whatever. Gotcha, gotcha, Gotcha. So he very quickly gets lost. So then you are the final bastion to come because a rescue mission comes out of like six officers to save Captain Olimar. And then they crash land and get scattered everywhere. So, you now have to find the officers plus Captain Olimar, plus you find a bunch of random civilians lying around. Oh, what? A bunch
1: of just like finding stranded people here on this strange planet. So, you're there for captains, but then you find other people that are yeah. your race that need help? Yeah. Did they and talk about how they even got there?
0: Uh, like no. Why are you not here? really. Yeah. No one, no. Yeah. But they have benefits. So, like some of them, like I picked up one that's a, uh, uh like an antiques collector. Mm-hmm. So he can, um, when you find stuff, he can, like, uh, price it, basically, better. Maybe get you more money or something like that. I don't know exactly what he does. But he right. has, like, some kind of, like, antiques collection, like, system thing that he does. Um, and then you got Ochi, your dog, who runs around and joins you for the adventure. Little, cute, lovable creature. Very cool. Um, the uh, Like I said, the, the ending of the day kind of bothers me a little bit each time. But overall, like, I've actually, I started this game, and I was like, I don't know if I want to play through this game i'm kind of getting bored but after i opened up and unlocked a few more things and got a few more features i was like there's actually some interesting mechanics to this and it's kind of fun to explore and adventure and it's easy enough to where it's like it's an open world open area space that you can like explore and find new things but there's enough of like a checklist kind of system where like it is a carrot on a stick that drag like drives me to like point to point to point. Yeah, and yeah, like the yeah. sense of completion of like, oh, I've now because it tells you how much you've explored of an area. So right now I'm like seventy five percent done with like the first area, and I'm like, okay, this is kind of badass. Like I put like six seven hours into it already, um, and it's that's you know I've explored that a lot of that first area, but like completing and progressing consistently throughout. It's kind of fun. And just playing with little creatures like the Pikmin run out there and fight for you and they do all the things for you and you just like command them and tell them what to do and then yeah. they go and do it. Um,
1: yeah. It's, it's interesting. Fun. Yeah, yeah. It's like the other game.
0: Yeah. I'm curious how much it differs
1: from Tinykin because like uh, I. Do you stack? Can you stack these Pikmin? Not that I know of. Okay. Yeah. Tinykin, you can stack them. Really? So then you can climb up them and jump from them right now I have them jump
0: like the electric Pokemon or Pokemon, <laughs> the electric Pikmin. Um, they can, I can throw them farther mm. so I can have them like reach higher points mm. and like throw them up to like grab onto stuff. Um, So there's been like some puzzly areas. There was like one cave I went to where there was like these moving platforms. And then there was like a button in the middle that would like change the direction of all the moving platforms so the pikmin can't run up them and I can't run up them either if they're going mm. the opposite direction it's just too much force. But Ochi has a dash feature where I can have him dash forward and he can run up them against <laughs> the grain of the the moving platform. So there's like little puzzles like that where you have to like not stack pikmin together but you know use certain types to get through certain things. Like there was one part where like there was water to go through and I mentioned how like the pikmin um, drown or can drown if you're not careful so what I found is that I can use the ice pikmin to freeze the oh, water there you go temporarily you throw them on there or they like have an effect like, yeah so I they- throw them in the water and they like stay floating <coughs> and they create a line Uh-oh. and then oh, after they nice. create the line then they just like freeze the area around them and yeah. it creates a platform I can walk across yeah. for like you know 20 seconds I gotcha. and then or actually no they stay frozen until I pull them out and once I pull them out then it stays frozen for like 10 seconds and then, you know, that's back
1: normal. But I think been, it's been t- good. Tinykins is better. You're doing more, more often. Really? Like you go into an area and <clears throat> you have to start collecting the tinykin. And that's how, and the more you collect, the more you find, the more you can unlock the, the level. Mm. And then once you leave that level, you leave those behind and you get more later. So every time you go to a new level, you get to gather them up. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I start with a few, but I don't, I don't remember now. It's been a minute.
0: See, in this one, uh, you just you you build an arsenal of pikmin yeah. that go with you, which I, right. I do like in that like you have this little like tomato bubble thingy. Um and in that tomato bubble, that's what houses your pikmin, your excess pikmin. So you can collect as many pikmin as you want and throw them in this little bubble. Um, this little plant thing, and then you just take out what you need for the adventure you're about to go on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that flies with you wherever you travel to. So you can like travel with uh, that thing, and you also have another little like uh, spacecraft that carries you. And the spacecraft also will carry, um, collect resources that you find in the world too, um, and zip them up and stuff. But nice. it's been a fun game. I mean, I've honestly been very impressed with it. Oh, I. Boy. Yeah, there's a Game Boy in there. You can discover. You can pick it up and take it back to your ship. There's a lot of really neat like 3D objects throughout um, that I thought were kind of cool. But it's it's a cute game. You know, it's definitely like I don't think game it's, of the year. Yeah, not game of the year. But no. I don't think it's for everybody. But it's I think it's a nice break between crazy intense epics like Baldur's Gate and Starfield. Yeah, you know, fair so enough, it's like this enough. is something that's like a little bit more mindless. There's a little bit of puzzling. You know, but it's. It's a lot more linear and directional, um, and it's not as silly as I thought it would be. Like, I mean, it's it's cute, but it's like I'm ha- I'm having I'm enjoying myself quite a bit, like playing through it. I mean, it looks like um, it's made for toddlers, the some of the art style, but see, I disagree. I think it's okay. Okay, I think it's more adult, okay. more adult than it's been, which I think is interesting.
1: You've played it on me, so I don't yeah.
0: Know. I mean, I could see it being a little bit like, uh, like the character faces look super like simple. Oh yeah. No, they're, they're very cartoony, like little simple cartoon characters, but it's cute, you know? So yeah, it's yeah, a, fair enough. Fair enough. It's a cutesy enough. game. Yeah. I think it's definitely like, you know, targeting like, I mean, I think females would eat this game up for sure. So anybody, our female audience, I think you'd love this game. Um, I mean, you're not going to have any like crazy wild, like death and explosions and stuff like that. I mean, it's, it's, it's still a rated e for everyone kind of thing but that's what i kind of like about it too it's like very approachable for a lot of people yeah there's also i think a co-op component to this so if you want to play with a friend um, you can run around with a friend and like do like you basically just have two spacemen running around um kind of like a it takes two style but you know with pikmin characters very cool um, very cool. yeah it's got a good good little loop to it and um I beat Advanced Wars One Plus 2. So I was like, well, I need something
1: else for the toilet. So yeah. this is my toilet game. All right. Um, and uh, it works for that. Does it help everything come out pretty yeah, smoothly? Totally does. Okay, cool. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's what I like to hear.
0: It's something you can like jump job into pick and, and not play very long. Um, right, right. And you can like pause wherever you are and just like come back to it. And it's like, not like you forget everything. Cause a,
1: you just find a reason to use the Switch, huh?
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Basically, I mean, I bought it. Might as well. Yeah,
0: fair enough, gotta, fair gotta enough. give it some give it some love here and there, but uh, I will say it is a full price sixty dollar game.
1: Dang, sixty bucks!
0: Yeah, how many hours That's, is in this? I don't know. Actually, let's find out you how long look it to up? beat. Um, I look it up. I think it's pretty long, honestly, because it is
1: how long uh, to beat Pikmin Four? It says and and thirty eight completionist. I will not be that person. That's a long time. <laughs> That's a long time. 16, I think that's long. It is. (laughs) It should be like eight hours. but It's longer than I expected, to be honest. I guess 16 is good if you're going to pay 60
0: bucks. But that's about how long Mario plus Rabbids was. And this game, I I would say, like art style, gameplay wise, I mean, it's obviously not a turn-based game. But it it's the same kind of feeling I got from Mario plus Rabbids Mm. as this game. Got like you. that idea of just like adventuring around this world that I know where the, the boundaries are. Yeah. And I know kind of like, you know, I'm just checking off boxes for different things to like yep, achieve yep, stuff. Yep. Um it's I guess say it's a carrot on a stick and I like the carrot on a stick. Nice. It's been it's been pretty cool. So cool. Um yeah, definitely to
1: recommend. All right. Game of the year. Definitely. Nope. Not game <laughs> of the year. Bear of nope. the Starfield.
0: All right. Brett Brett did not say that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, do not hold me to that. Game of the year is still going to be potentially Baldur's Gate 3 for me. But Pikmin has, 4, check it out. It's on the Switch exclusively. Like, has potential. Yeah. Many rumors have been coming out about a inevitable Switch 2 follow up to none other than the Nintendo Switch. OLED whenever we got yeah whenever we got the uh the new switch we were like oh it's gonna be all this new new stuff and it turns out it was just an OLED screen uh which is still great very good upgrade we call it a switch 1.2 sure (laughs)
1: 1.2 I don't even think it it. was 1.5 yeah or maybe it was I don't know
0: but they did fix the uh the back the kickstand which is like my favorite feature and the fact that the kickstand actually isn't like a flimsy piece of crap anymore yeah I mean it's still you know flimsy but it's it's made of sturdy. metal yeah. I mean I love it much more sturdy um, bigger screen all that good stuff Ni- nicer screen all that um, but there's been rumors that there's always going to be a Switch 2 in the works I mean it's to be expected we're now six years in the life cycle of the Switch 1 um, so it's showed it started showing its age two years in the life cycle of Switch 1 <laughs> uh,
1: with the quality Honestly, of graphics yes but Breath of Wild does look pretty good or, sorry, not, yeah, uh, Tears of the Kingdom still looks pretty good. I mean, surprisingly, yeah, like it works.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just the style sells it for sure. You know, it's right, like, yeah, you know, it's right. kind of like playing, um, uh, Borderlands. Mm-hmm. You know, like Borderlands can get away with a little bit of like lesser quality, like textures because of how stylistic it is. And like Tears of the Kingdom's very similar to that, in that it can, you know, kind of get away with some, uh, some, some changes there you know yeah. but it
1: does look very good I mean well for something to come out in 2017 like I feel I know we've had problems with like the switch with the graphics and stuff in the 720 screen but like it's held up I'm surprised how long it's held up I didn't think they're actually going to make one like a, a second switch I feel like they're going to try to ride this train as long as freaking possible like yeah. it's 2017 like I feel like it could go longer than now if potentially one might be coming out now yeah. that's my opinion, but let's yeah. get into it.
0: Yeah, no, cause I, I mean, I, I'm a I feel like they need a, they need a cat. They've always had, but I mean, I guess Nintendo always has never been, they've never been a graphics powerhouse, never, no. you no. know, it's, they're always, their graphics are never the, the selling point.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's always the features and the technology and the, uh, the uniqueness, I guess, in a way too. And just the yeah. quality of games, you know, the right. quality of games are good. They're not like you know mind-blowing graphics, mind-blowing gameplay. They're very simple. They're very clean, um, basic stories, but but fun. You know, like we mm-hmm. talked about Pikmin. Like Pikmin's got a great-looking visual style. You know, it's not like 4K HDR, mind-blowing ray tracing and stuff like that. But it looks yeah. really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. So yeah, I mean, it definitely does have a have a nice benefit, but. There's uh there's been a lot of conversation recently, actually just within the last couple of days, of um Gamescom, whenever that was taking place, developers were giving behind closed doors demos of a Switch 2, potentially. Not potentially, they did. They they were given that. But we don't know what it looks like. We don't know anything about it. All we know is that there were some behind closed doors demos and that they were showing off its power with the Breath of the Wild tech demo. Um, as well as Epic's The Matrix Awakens Unreal Engine 5 demo that came out a while back whenever Unreal Engine 5 came out it was like Explore New York and like it looked really amazing and powerful and all that stuff so they had all these you know running on it um, and the hardware to people behind the closed doors said that it's comparable to the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series consoles
1: that's insane yeah that is literally insane so I just pulled up what it takes to run the Matrix. Uh, wait, is this the right one? No, so that's, not that's the, right the Matrix one.
0: Online. So that's a
1: very old game. That is a very old game. Here very, go. very uh, old. Yeah. Anyway, I was trying to see like, well, I mean, you need at least a freaking PlayStation, right? Like PlayStation yeah. 5 I mean, it was, Xbox? It was, like Kirk, it was
0: It was only released on a PlayStation 5. Oh, okay. So okay. yeah, it was a PlayStation 5 exclusive tech demo. Um. So yeah, it was designed to be like, look how badass it can be. With the Unreal Engine 5 running on PlayStation. They may yeah. have brought it on PC, but click on that. Can I play Matrix on Unreal Engine 5 on PC up at the top a little bit? A little drop down. This one? No, down two more. Right there. Yeah. Okay. Okay, yeah. So That's it wasn't play. ever on PC. Okay. Um, okay. You could like mod yeah, yeah, yeah. it to be on PC. there actually, I take that back. You can download, I did do this one time. You can download the Unreal Engine software. Mm. Or no, the uh, the basic under those So there's the a while back they brought out Unreal Engine like light or something like that. I think it was what, what it was. But yeah, I was able to run the Matrix City demo on PC mm. through Unreal Engine, like gotcha, the gotcha, the, gotcha, the yeah. application. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. that's doable. But otherwise, it's just PlayStation Five. I gotcha. Yeah.
1: Well, it, it is impressive that the Switch could do that. I'm trying to figure out what capabilities it would have if it is playing that. Is it playing it in 1080p? Is it playing in 4K? Is it playing it in 2K? Like, that's a good question. That's what I'm curious about. I, I feel like if they're gonna come out with a Switch 2, they wouldn't necessarily go to 2K. I feel like they might if they if the another no switch came out, it'd be 1080. Like the handheld screen. Yeah. And maybe they'd have a dock that would up res the two K or I don't know how they do that. Because it up res the ten eighty when you put it on the dock, right? Right. It's not like a true native ten eighty. Yeah.
0: Well, I don't know if it is or not. You might be right. I know it's just like a pass-through kind of system, but... Yeah, I
1: don't think it's... Uh, well, you know, it might just output it. We'll find out here in a second to double-check. But I feel like, yeah, the Switch isn't going to rush out. Plus, you know, the screens, the, the higher screen you get, the more power it takes and uh, graphical power and, and heat, and you got to get rid of that. And I, Yeah, I think technology is progressing to the point where... We can have better battery life. We can have smaller everything. Um, you know, the Switch being as small as it is, it vents pretty well. It does get hot, but it's not to the point where it's absolutely, like, you know, hard to, to, to hold on to, you know, like a PC would. You know, you touch a PC, you play on that, like the keyboard gets hot, uh, or like a, a laptop. Keyboard gets hot, and... You can feel the the air venting out depending on where your vents are at. Like mine are next to my my ma- my right hand, so when I'm playing, like sometimes when I have it on full blast and I'm playing a heavy graphics heavy game, like I feel that heat on my hand. Yeah. How does the Steam Deck hold up with heat and stuff?
0: Pretty good. It does. <coughs> it does put out heat for sure. Yeah. Um, all through the uh the top. Okay. That's where all the heat comes out because it's obviously that's where the fan, the exhaust fan is, but um it doesn't the the body of it doesn't ever get hot okay um it's just the the top part that will put out some heat after a while it also gets loud it can't that like you can hear the fan coming out of it for sure um, so there is that factor to it but um, it does it does better than I thought it would but it is noticeable for sure. <laughs> it's like basically having a laptop in your hand in a way um uh, the the switch does run. Can run native 1080, um, but okay. most games are running like 900p. that's what I was reading. Okay, so they do up okay. res when doc like Zelda is 900p. Yeah,
1: so I think um, you know we keep hearing issues with Xbox Series S and how all these games hit a roadblock because they have to run on that console. Well, it's really just been with Baldur's Gate. Really? Yeah, that's the only time I've oh, been reading man. it. Yeah. Someone else has said that recently. Oh, someone said maybe some of the issues with Starfield might have to do with they Could have to it make what, it run yeah. on Series S. So my thing is, is I think Nintendo's got a good thing going with 720 and you know 1080, but I wonder if they're able to brush that off, at least go to 1080 that. It can open doors for developers, like they aren't pigeonholed into yeah. like, because you know, graphics are advancing pretty quickly. Yeah. Like they could do a lot in 1080. Well,
0: that that is the problem with the Switch and why games don't come out on Switch as often, right? You know, big name games especially because they're having to down-res it so much. I mean, yeah. why it took them forever to bring out Red Dead Redemption the one when they had it on Xbox mm-hmm. Forever was because, I mean, I guess not really on that. That's not probably a bad point because it's an old game anyway, but. <laughs> Like there's so many games that do come out like a year after on Switch, because right? Right. Of it being the Switch, you know? Right. Yeah. They to, yeah. There's a lot of stuff going on in the background yeah. there. Yeah. I mean, I I kind of I kind of disagree with uh, being okay with just. I think I think we need. I think the next switch should be. I don't think we need 4K. I don't think I, don't I, think I want. Think so I don't. Either. I don't want dock 4K I necessarily. Think so I don't. I don't need dock 4K. But I think to your point about like the 2K thing, I think the screen wise 1080 I'd be happy with for sure, right? But I think docked I'd like to see a 2K for. I, I want to see it the equivalent of it, a series S, series S with 1440p.
1: The only reason I don't <coughs> think it's feasible is well, one is the heat, and then two, well, I mean I guess it's docked. It's not gonna you're not gonna really feel it, and then two I just feel like how much are we, we gonna be paying for the whole system? if you're going to get like a 2K up-res. Now, up-resing might not be as taxing and or expensive compared to like, you know, just getting a, a console or something that's going to output it anyway. Yeah. Um, plus, I mean, they have bigger bodies anyway, like, you know, the PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, like they both have big bodies that they can vent stuff like that. So, I mean, I assume it's going to be very similar to this. Yeah. And do you think we'd even get a bigger screen? <laughs> I don't know if we need a bigger I, screen. I like the screen size. I yeah. bet it's like slightly bigger. Think Only so. slightly. Yeah. I think, I wonder if they would ditch the Joy-Con sensors and stuff. What do you mean? To lower, because you know, the uh, Joy-Cons have all the, the gyroscopes. All the, yeah, yeah. And, like who uses that? Like no game really uses that like Legend of Zelda yeah you can use it and you use the switch to kind of like aim when you have a bow out and shoot but I feel like some of that stuff they could ditch if they wanted to at this point they might just keep it because it's just like a gimmick
0: well I was gonna say I mean it's it it was like a I think it would be hard for them to get rid of it since that was such a big marketing push for them I think if they were to get rid of it they'd be like well we kind of prove that this was a failed idea in yeah, the system. That's true. That's true. Um, and they don't want, but I also don't think they, like. I, I think the detachable joy con is still great.
1: No, I do like, like that. I do yeah. Like that. I
0: love to keep that in there <clears throat> and the vibrations. I mean, the joy, the, the gyroscope part doesn't really need to be there, but you know, I got gyroscope in my dual sense and I never use it either. So, um,
1: they would probably keep the joy cons because you could probably just use what you have already and slot that into your new Switch. Right? Maybe.
0: Well, so this is unrelated to that point, but the fact that they're doing this makes me think maybe not about what you just said, because one of the rumors that they said about this is that, um, that it's, it's rumored to come out in the second half of 2024. It's going to have a portable mode and LCD screen. Well, they didn't say LED, LED which is interesting. And I've also read that there's going to be a new cartridge slot and a new cartridge but it is going to be backwards compatible. So like, you can, oh. but that doesn't mean if you have physical, I doubt that means that you can run that. So I'm like, I just don't get why Nintendo keeps doing this where they like decide to change the cartridge each time, you know, and it's like they have a disc and they got a small disc and they got a big disc and they got a <laughs> cartridge this size. And it's just like, just just find some consistency here. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, most of the games I bought on the Switch are digital, so like I don't really care that much. But those that buy physical all the time, which I know you buy a lot of physical, like if you have any physical, like if you're a Zelda game, you want to pull it out, like you got playing your old Switch.
1: Yeah, yeah. If you have the cartridge for it, <laughs> they'll come out with some peripheral. that plugs into your dock that you can play, <laughs> and oh, or plug yeah. it into this, and it. There's some kind of like weird mechanism to make it work. Yeah, just like having a rumble pack back in the day for N64. (laughs) Right, right. Um, but
0: it it is—it's exciting to hear that there's potential that the graphic quality will be to the level of, like, it could be comparable to PlayStation Five and Xbox Series. I find that interesting. That I don't like—I don't see how it can be running a 4K system, but maybe they somehow
1: pulled it off. You know, like who knows? If we're lucky, we get 2K. Yeah, I'm happy with 1080p. Like, I bet. I mean, okay. So what for your? You mean handheld, though, right? Yeah, handheld. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, no. Well, no. I mean, I I wouldn't mind 1080p either. Like, just I think you do a lot more with 1080p than you would with just 720. I mean, I would like to have 2K. I just don't know if you can vent that. Like the heat, the heat that it's going to produce, and the I mean, yeah, we've come a long way. Batteries are a lot smaller. I'm sure they could find a way to make it happen. I mean, heck, I guess if I'm looking at my phone, I mean, it has a freaking pretty decent battery, right? Right. And it can play games at 4K. Oh, wait, no, it's even more. This is like Retina, right? It is Retina, 13. but I actually
0: looked it up, and it's like not as bad as I thought it was. Really? Um. Yeah, it's... Uh, Twenty five thirty two by eleven seventy. So it's but six hundred and four and sixty pixels per inch. So the pixel density is a lot higher than a standard screen. Okay. So therefore, I mean I think it might actually be then. It's with 60 hertz resolution for this is iPhone fourteen, but oh okay. Well close um. Enough. So it, it is higher. But so <clears throat> the Steam Deck when docked can reach 4k resolution so this can do 4k okay
1: that's my
0: argument my thing all right fair enough that but if you plug this guy into a dock you can Mm -hmm. get it up to 4k right but it it runs natively around 720 it's like it's bigger though it is bigger it is bigger yeah that's the hard part i
1: would assume there's more in here for it being bigger yeah it's thicker there's a lot, a lot of it's more the like cooling fan, too. Yeah, know? the cool. Yeah, that's <laughs> basically what it is. Honestly, they're about the same. weight. like no, that's heavier. Is it? Oh yeah, they feel very similar.
0: Yeah, now they're. Well, let me see. Anyway,
1: that's not it's just kind of like a minor thing.
0: Yeah, it is actually closer than I thought. You're actually right. Yeah, here. yeah.
1: I think because there's huh. more metal in the yeah. switch right now.
0: Yeah, it's like yeah, a, metal a lot of plastic. Plate. Yeah. yeah. This is still heavier, but it's it's. this is definitely heavier than I thought it was. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Um, for those audio listeners, we uh, have <laughs> the Steam Deck and the Switch OLED in front of us to compare and contrast. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so, like, like, what do we want this Super Switch to do? Like, if they call it the Super Switch or whatever they call it, like, <laughs> we mentioned, you know, resolution or whatever. But, like, as far as the form factor goes and its capabilities, like... What would make it push it to the next level from a Nintendo fan?
1: I think it should uh, obviously increase uh, memory or, sorry, increase capacity to whole games, better battery life. Um, man, it better have a really good LCD screen. If it's not going to be OLED. You don't <laughs> like OLED? No, I like OLED. Oh, okay. But it says here that's rumored to have an LCD <laughs> oh, yeah, screen. Yeah. So that's like it's not even OLED. Like, yeah. they better have a badass LCD screen on there. Hopefully that's just like a misprint or something. <laughs> I, I feel like it needs to have OLED going for it. Okay, well, fair enough. If they want to keep the price down, yeah. You probably start with the LCD screen, get everybody in again, and then go forward with... Um, go forward with, like, getting a new screen later on, I guess. Um, yeah, I think those are the best... I mean, you have Bluetooth capabilities. Already connects to Wi-Fi. I mean, uh, yeah, Wi-Fi, Internet. I I guess that's it, man. Those are the big ones. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Do we need a bigger screen size? You tell me. I don't think so. I I don't know if they can get a bigger screen size. I mean, they could. They could cut them out all the way and make the full front like a legitimate screen. Like it's just full screen. Yeah, I
0: just don't want a bigger form factor is my
1: main thing. I agree. Yeah. I think I li- it's pretty I like to form
0: factor that because, I mean, like the Steam Deck is way is too too big of a device. It's it's fine, but it's not true portable like I want it to be, like the Switch is. The Switch is very easily like a one handed, like just throw it in your bag and you're fine. This guy, although it is still that way, it's still a little bit more bulky. Yeah, it is. Um, it is. To transfer around, but. Right. Yeah, I'd like to see if they can find a way to redesign the Joy Cons. Agreed. Because, like, I don't know what you do because, like, they're. Like they're, this? Huh?
1: Do it just like they have for the Steam Deck. No, no, no. Joysticks. No, I mean, like. Oh.
0: The functionality of this as a singular controller. Oh. Uh, like, I don't like how uh, this feels I see, I like see. that. And then when it's done <laughs> because of how they had to design it when it's like un unconnected yeah it yeah. feels awkward here too because everything's kind of tight you know on it so like it'd be re- <coughs> you have to redesign both ways but the I mean this is fine because like it's it's always connected you know what I mean but I guess like the fact that those like are discs you can pull them off and stuff like that like I want it to be a better experience both connected and disconnected I don't know what the solution would be for that. Because, I mean, this makes logical sense, the way they designed it. Yeah, it It's does. symmetrical, and, like, you know, the positioning of the joystick is almost in the exact same spot on one axis versus the other. Right. The buttons are pretty close, except for on this, the controller that's got the little screen, screen capture side, like, everything's a little bit more condensed together. Up, I don't know. It's just, like, in a different position, kind of. Yeah. But it's still... Well, it's because it's the... When you're holding it, the middle but button, the buttons you use are like right in the middle of it, versus yeah. like on the edges. Right, right, right. But I don't know something different
1: that I th- would. Honestly, I think it's fine. I agree with your concern, but when you get down to it, and you're playing with friends, and you've been drinking, it's just like whatever. Like it works. It yeah, works. I mean, the controls are simple enough. That's not yeah. a huge
0: deal usually. But right, right.
1: Yeah. Um, the
0: The only thing I would like to see different is i mean i think really the screen resolution is a big one i just want more games to be able to come on it sooner Mm -hmm. because it it definitely and i also i don't know how they can do this but like you know how like we used to say like this was like the indie the indie device you know i feel like i haven't had that as much lately there's certain indies that come out like viewfinder like, didn't come out on the Switch at launch. And, like, there's certain games that just don't release on the Switch
1: like they used to. I think it's because, well, so, you know, Switch came out. There weren't a lot of games. Right. So, indies came in to fill that space. So, they were able to take off like they haven't before because, you know, it was, like, a year or two before, like, some kind of big-ish title would come out for Nintendo. So, that like, the heyday of, like, this is the indie game platform... Has like come and gone? Because come to find out, if you go buy an indie game on Steam, it's less because Nintendo re- like takes a bigger cut or whatever. Like, there's something in there with how much games cost on the Switch, and they've always been more expensive. They've always been like. Some well, they kind don't of price run like. discounts either. Yeah, too. Very, very seldom. So, I think that. I think that's come to the point where people just like have to be like well it's not worth putting more time and effort to make a Switch version because we still have to charge more regardless. So are they good how much more are you guys actually going to make? Yeah. That's where I would say that that comes into play. Yeah. I my
0: I think too the Switch um, had they put a lot of money into marketing indies and yeah. promoting Indies in the early days of Switch, which is why we saw so much of that more than anything. Exactly. They were they were fun. I think I don't know if they were funding anybody to move over there, but I know that they were doing a huge marketing push to help them sell. And I I think that's probably a lot of reason why it's, ha- it's dropped off too, is that they're just not marketing it as much as they used to. Yeah, because they don't have to because they have a pipeline of their <coughs> games coming out. Like I was right. I was reading in this article that um, Nintendo's announced a lineup of games for the current Switch, including. As we mentioned, uh, De- Detective Pikachu Returns, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, Warrior War Move-It, and much more. And then there was another article I was reading earlier that said that there's even talks of... There are some rumored games coming out next year that we haven't even seen yet. Um, I guess I saw like Princess Peach. Here we go. Um Yeah, Luigi's Dark Moon and an Untitled Princess Peach game. And then obviously still Metroid Prime 4 rumored to be coming out at some point in the future. So they have a lot of big name titles coming out, but they just don't push it as much. And then also it doesn't help that the Steam Deck came out and basically like, you know, why would I buy an indie on my Switch when I can buy it on my Steam Deck and get it for like five bucks? Yeah, exactly. Like you said, with like the discount and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. And there's more discounts, more sales for all indie titles on Steam. <laughs> yeah. So it's just, it's a no brainer. Yeah. So <laughs> we're back to like, I have a PlayStation to play PlayStation games on only. So if there's not one out, I'm not playing my PlayStation. Yeah. Same with the Switch. There's not many Switch games out. I'm not going to play my Switch. Yeah. True. Sure. So, plus, there's a lot of like games coming out right now that I'm just like, well, I'd rather play that and they on my PC. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Would you buy a Switch 2? I would. Yeah, they would. They better tie it with like the next Zelda or like Metro Prime 4 or whatever. This is true. I do hope so. And I think that might be what happens because Metro Prime was supposed to come out like years ago now. Oh, they yeah. got delayed and they respooted it or they restarted the production or had to I don't know what they did. They did something yeah. where they had yeah, to restart it. Yeah, they, re-
0: they rebooted it. New team. <clears throat>
1: yeah. So yeah. I feel like they're probably going to wait for Switch 4 or sorry, <laughs> Switch 2. Yeah. <laughs> that just makes sense. Like they need some big title to come out during that time. Yeah. Just like I had Breath of the Wild which changed everything.
0: Yeah. That's true. I'm 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 interested to see if there's a lot of rumors saying it's going to be the Super Switch, like Super Nintendo, um, I kind of like that. I think it could be fun, you know? Super Switch? Yeah. It's kind of yes. fun. kind of neat. I know. So we'll see if that actually comes Nintendo to fruition. Nintendo Super Switch. Yeah. Um, there's also a rumor that it could have some kind of uh, AR-VR component. Oh. Probably not VR, but I'd say more AR, but I don't know what that means. But there was talks of that, like some kind of new camera thing in it. Um, so there might be that. some kind of... Feature, don't do that. You know what else it's I want raise to raise the do? price. <clears throat> Actually, what I want them to do, I want the resolution for sure. They need to fix Nintendo Switch Online. <laughs> I mean, like that's where the money should be going. I shouldn't have to pull up a dedicated app to like talk to my friends. Like I don't play online because of that feature. Like there might be some things that we play online with if like I didn't have to pull up my phone to connect to the internet and talk to my friends. It's weird.
1: That's kind of weird. That
0: whole system's kind of broken, but, you know, (laughs) maybe they'll figure it out next time. We'll see. But the Super Switch, do you think it's real? Will it come out next year? What do you want the Super Switch or the Switch 2 to do? Um, Or are you content with what we got? Let us know. Now, typically in the Intergamer podcast, we talk about things like, you know, the Xbox and the PlayStation and PC gaming and stuff like that. Today, we're taking a little bit of a different approach. Detour. And, and we're going to talk about gaming on a Mac. <laughs> what?
1: What? I have experience with this. What? Yeah, I know. Oh, you do? I do. What's your experience? I used to have a Mac and I'd play WoW and a few oh, other yeah, games on there. Right. Yeah. yeah. Remember yeah. when you built that, uh,
0: <clears throat> that Mac computer that was like, uh, do your own hackintosh. Yeah. I was going to do a
1: hackintosh and you looked into it and it took like hours and nothing happened. It's a pain in the butt to do. Yeah. So we're just like, fuck it. I have a windows now. (laughs) Yep. Just give up. And and that was my downfall.
0: (laughs) Yep. It was wild. Um, so this is a conversation that was submitted by uh, our Patreon supporter, Jason, and uh, he was like, you guys should talk about gaming on a Mac because... Jason Hobbs? No, I'm kidding. Not Jason Hobbs. No, he's not here. He's, it he's, doesn't know. matter. Yeah, it's he's right. fine. He's, he's out the door. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Jason's working today. So, yeah, our, our co-host Jason is working today. But no, Jason from our Patreon submitted this question um, and was basically like, Y'all talk about that uh, Windows gaming on a Mac that they they talked about back in uh, WWDC, and I figured you know what it's about time to do that. We've had a lot of gaming talk to talk about, so I've had to like push this conversation back a little bit. But <clears throat> the uh, by the time you listen to this podcast, Apple will have unveiled the i the new iPhone, uh, codename iPhone 15 it's not really a code name it's just iPhone 15 clearly. Oh
1: yeah, it's a code name. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's a but uh, they're going to be announcing the uh, iPhone 15, there's rumors that they're going to bring out the Apple Watch Series 9 and potentially some new AirPods. So, they'll have some new obviously a piece of the iPhone is always going to talk about video games, but we're also going to talk here a little bit about just gaming in general on a Mac because there was a point in time where there was some kind of hope and dreams that like Mac could open up and support it because they built a lot of pieces that could enable gaming to exist. Like yeah. um, they started having more games that just had Mac support. You know, like I remember uh, games from a uh, Maxis like the Sims and Spore and all those games back in the day always ran on a Mac like really well. And then even Fortnite can run on a Mac pretty, pretty well. But you don't think of Mac and gaming Mobile phone, yes. Like, they've dominated gaming on the mobile phone. Um, iPad, too. But then they even brought out Apple Arcade. And they're like, oh, you can get on the Apple TV? And I was like, oh, maybe that's another console system. Never really came to that, Came to that, you know, kind of
1: idea. You can actually play some good games here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Fortnite, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, Stardew Valley, Disco Elysium, Hades, City Skylines, Cuphead, Diablo 3, Rust, Divinity, Original Sin 2. Heck yeah, look at that. Counter Strike. Yeah, some good stuff here. Like, pretty decent stuff. Dota. But, Next have comment. any of those games come out in the last five years? Uh, absolutely not. Except for Marvel Snap. Metro Exodus, <laughs> you can play on here.
0: <clears throat> yeah, but even that one's old.
1: 2019, man.
0: It's three years old. four years old.
1: Fortnite came out in 2017. That's
0: yeah, six, uh, years okay, okay, okay. six years old.
1: Okay. Can you believe Fortnite's six years old? Holy know, crap. I
0: know. Disco Elysium is fairly really new, but it's, it's been a while since there's been like a game that's like holy shit, like you can play Cyberpunk on a Mac until now. Yeah. Because there's this new technology that Apple is has announced called a Game Porting Toolkit. Um, this was announced at WWC back in June, um, <clears throat> and it makes it easier and quicker to port Windows games to Mac. So it sounds like they're trying to invest money into making this stuff happen because just like we were talking about earlier in our other conversation about Switch – and how it's harder to do that because you have to build it specifically for the Switch and go right. through like the Switch like approval process and stuff yeah. like that. Um, Mac games are hard, too. But this game porting toolkit <clears throat> uses technology similar to Valve's Proton and is powered by Crossover's Source Code, a wine-based solution for running Windows games on macOS. It instantly translates and runs Windows games on macOS, allowing developers to evaluate game performance before fully porting. It supports DirectX 12 games and translates Windows APIs to Apple's Metal API automatically for graphics and other functionalities. While not optimized, some Windows games like Cyberpunk, Diablo 4, Hayward Hogwarts Legacy, and more were shown to run on M1 and M2 MacBooks with promising results.
1: Man, MacBooks. Yes, sir. Dude, that is, that is real good. Yeah. So this is big, and I think this is really good. Assuming it all pans out and works out the way it's supposed to, because I feel like, I mean, who's more casual than someone who has a MacBook? Yeah. With like gaming and stuff. Like, I feel like you have all this processing power um, that's not being utilized or could be utilized outside of, you know, whatever you're doing, you know, because some people use this to create music or, you know, uh, supplement apps and stuff to help with music creation and editing and working on, uh, you know, um, (coughs) like Adobe, uh, after effects, stuff like that. Like why not be able to just like pop open your Mac or turn on your Mac and be like, Hey, I'm done for the day. I'm gonna play some games now. Like, I feel like that's great. It is nice on having to like switch to a different device.
0: I mean a lot of people that probably own MacBooks probably have a console system or something like that. I assume so, yeah. But I mean the fact that you could potentially enable your already existing MacBook devices that you have, whether it be a Mac Pro, a MacBook Pro or you know, whatever it might be, and add the ability to actually turn it into a PC, you know, without having to buy a separate PC rig and learn how to like build PCs and all that, like I know a lot of people
1: love Macs because you turn them on, they just work. Right. <clears throat> That's why I got a Mac to begin with. Well, yeah. one was for editing and two, it just like had all this computing power. I don't want to spend extra money to get a PC to build it and put it together. Like right. that, that scared me back in the day. Yeah.
0: So yeah. Like why not? And it's like, I, I work exclusively on a MacBook pro uh, with the M one chip. So it's like the first generation M one and man, that thing screams like it's so good like, I, I never thought to like going Wait, from It screams
1: like, like it's trying to cool down?
0: No, no, no. It does not at all. Oh. That's what's so cool about it. It doesn't scream. Yeah. It screams is in it's like, it's like just, I don't know. It's good. It's really good. Okay. Yeah. Just really good. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but my, I used to have an, I have my personal laptop is an Intel um, and it screams bloody murder because, you know, I turn it on. And it just like the, like if I'm running, like if I open Premiere. It just like sounds like a jet engine just turned on, and just the fans are running like crazy. I open the same program, do the same thing in M1, never makes a peep. Yeah. Silent. Yeah. And it runs flawlessly. Yeah. So good. So fast. And it just, battery life is good, too. Um, I don't know if the M1 chip had any difference in the battery life, but it seems like it did. They did make it a little bit thicker of a device, too. But, like, I mean, I can run that thing unplugged, sit at a coffee shop for six, six and a half hours, never lose any battery which is pretty damn good if I'm sitting there like in Zoom calls and like, you know, working in Photoshop or yeah. XD or whatever. Like, yeah. I'm jumping around. I'm like, I'm not watching video, but like it's not light work <laughs> that I'm doing. So right. it's impressive. So the fact yeah. that I could jump a game and turn that on, like that's, that's pretty exciting.
1: Right. Like I'm sure some people have two computers, two laptops and stuff. And, you know, if, I, if, if Mac was able to play these PC games, which it can't, then, I mean, I probably would wouldn't have a PC right now. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I enjoy the Mac. I mean, it's just so simple. I mean, like we said, it's put together. You know, they have a lot of good stuff in there. I think the port. There's a lot of ports that can be desired because they don't usually come with a lot of ports. You kind of have to figure it out. Get other get get multi port hubs or whatever and stuff. But yeah. I think I think it's I mean hopefully this works out because the Mac has plenty of power, plenty of power to spread around. So here's a example of some of the
0: tests that they did on a on a MacBook Pro with M1 Pro. So the basic M1 chip. They ran Rise of the Tomb Raider, lowest settings, 1080p, 108 frames per second. Nice, um, highest preset, but still 1080p with 72 frames per second.
1: Eh, not bad.
0: Yeah, um, not so bad it's still 1080, but like that's not terrible. No, um, Hitman, the first Hitman, so it's an older game. 1080p, highest preset, 110. Um, Shadow of the Tomb Raider was at the highest, running 43. So it was a little bit lower, but um, so it's not like a powerhouse. Like you're not pulling like 100, 200, you know, frames per second, like maxed out or whatever, but
1: you're getting p- very comfortable gaming um, as long as they can support it you know here's cyberpunk on a MacBook it is going 12 13 frames a second but I mean you could play it this is not ideal at all but no, I wouldn't play it but yeah <clears throat> but the fact that it's running is blowing my mind yeah say so, oh it's on ultra that's why if we just turn down all the settings it probably yeah, be if able it was play it, it, it wasn't
0: maxed out you probably have a little like, bit better 30 probably get 30. But yeah. man,
1: that is crazy. That's great, man. That is just fantastic. So hopefully,
0: you know, we get we see some updates coming down the pipeline. I know they mentioned that um, uh, they announced Death Stranding director's cut coming to macOS. So nice. and there's a new game mode that's gonna be a Mac or there is a new game mode in macOS Sonoma. I don't know what that means, but maybe it's just gonna like help kind of turn on different systems in the hardware to make it run better. But
1: okay, okay,
0: um. I like the fact that they're like providing tools that will hopefully allow enable some gaming stuff to happen even if it's not everything like it would be nice to start seeing some more games pop in here kind of like the Steam Deck has the Linux migration thing where you can turn Windows games into Linux support for this de- device. That's awesome, you know, have the same thing on a Mac so you can get yeah. some people playing. Like I mean, I think like Baldur's Gate 3 is like a perfect example of a game that should be running on a Mac. You know, like, you can sit there, like, people that, like, have a Mac, like, would probably, like, that's a perfect game to play on a Mac. You know, it's just you know, point and click, you know, you don't have 100%. to have a fancy controller or
1: anything like that. Right. Because right. Um, yeah, imagine the people who have a MacBook for work or just a Mac computer for work, and then they have, like, a really shitty PC just so they can play games with their friends. They don't have the money to upgrade, you know. They're probably still playing on, like, an old graphics card because that's all they got. They had spent yeah. all their money. They spent all their money on this MacBook.
0: Well, my former coworker, Nick, like he was trying to play games on his Mac and that's what he did for a while. He had an old iMac that he was like mm. running some games on, but it's limited. So now he's yeah. like having to invest in a PC, you know, mm. if he wants to play a PC based because he's not going to buy an Xbox. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't want to buy an Xbox. So he's like, right. well, I'm going to get a PC so i can play Game Pass stuff. Yeah. yeah. You know, and get the best of that world. But, you know, then you guys drop a couple thousand dollars to do that. <laughs> You already yeah, dropped you do a couple that, thousand yeah. dollars from Mac. So
1: I mean, you could get the the Aces Rog Ally, which is like a Steam Deck competitor. It, it'll play most of those games, most likely. Yeah. So then I'm sure you could connect to a screen, and I'm sure it upreses or, but it at least plays 1080. Yeah. Twenty 120 hertz. It's pretty good screen. So I'm sure you really get good. something out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure, you connect controller. You can connect whatever you want to that. I mean, it's like a mini PC. Anyway, but it'd be great to play it on Mac. (laughs) Yeah.
0: This is uh, completely unrelated to gaming on a Mac, but I'm very excited because this new iPhone is rumored, and I hope by the time you listen to this, this is true. Um, They are saying that they are going to be ditching the lightning connector and finally going all in on USB-C. Thank you. So you can charge with USB-C. Man, that's what we need. The same charger I use for my iPhone I can use on my Switch. And I can use my Steam Deck.
1: Nice. And I can use my MacBook Pro. Damn it! You know how many cord, lightning cords are lying around right now? I world? know.
0: Again, throw all that shit away. I hope. Please, please, let that work. You That's think it's going to be a
1: lightning for. fast? Ha <laughs> ah, ha!
0: I get it. I get it. Dad jokes. Silly <laughs> jokes.
1: Yeah. No, I was serious. Is it going to be faster than the lightning cable?
0: Oh, I don't think so. Yeah, I think it's just going to be consistent. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. I don't. I don't. Yeah. Cool. I don't. I've never noticed them charge any differently, really. Because I mean, my my MacBook that I bought, like it runs USB C to charge my MacBook Pro, my old you. MacBook Pro. But yeah, I can yeah, also yeah, charge yeah. my new MacBook Pro, even though it's got the it went back to the magnetize connector. Mm. Um, I can still charge it with USB C. Gotcha, gotcha. Gotcha. So I have one USB C cable in my backpack that I use to charge my switch. That I use to charge my MacBooks, all the things. Cool. Yeah. So fingers crossed. It's good. Mm. And gaming on a Mac, exciting stuff. I hope that this continues to enhance, and we start seeing more games drop on a on a Mac.
1: The future's here, people.
0: The future's here. Yeah, I think. I mean, honestly, like I think one of these these companies, Xbox or well, honestly, I wonder if you can install. It. Well, no, they don't have it. Like Xbox needs to design an Xbox Mac app that you can just like if it doesn't run on. Because like, I like on Steam Deck, when you're like running through the library, it tells you the compatibility standards of the games you're about to play. So it's like, this has been tested to run on a Steam Deck, and it works great. This is partially compatible, or this is not compatible at all. Having something in the Xbox app that's just, just I mean, really on any device, it could add that to the UI and have it work everywhere. We pull up the Xbox app, and it tells you, based on your system specs, what the compatibility mm. qualities would be for that thing. So pretty I could pull smart, up the Xbox app. Yeah, I could pull up the Xbox app on my Mac and it can say, like, Cyberpunk, you cannot play this on your device. Or I pull up, you know, I don't know, Baldur's Gate, like I said, if they if that was on Game Pass and you can play this on your Mac, 100% guaranteed, tested, approved, yeah. done. Yeah, That'd be huge. And if it doesn't play, then
1: if you have Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, it just streams it to your <laughs> Mac. Well, they should i'm surprised xbox hasn't created this where it's like hey get the app on i mean can you play game pass on on mac no that's what i'm saying okay well they had it where this technology was able to play your games on the mac like yeah if they could just bypass apple having to do it which <laughs> is great but like i'm surprised like they would capture the market
0: yeah somebody needs to do it i mean bring an app Jeez. i mean steam is on mac uh, but yeah it, but it's very uh, limited it, and it does actually have the same system it doesn't tell you the compatibility level but it yeah. does let you filter by mac so you can see what's there yeah. which is great you yeah, know so yeah. they've they've done the due diligence there but i mean That's xbox is xbox would kill it if they were just like okay if it doesn't work then just load this game cloud gaming yeah and then you just stream it yeah like that'd be awesome yeah Come on, Xbox. Listen to us. Phil Spencer. Announcing
1: tomorrow after this podcast release. Yeah. <laughs> you heard it here that first. Would exactly be what's happening. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. right?
0: Oh, man. So, yeah, let us know what you think about gaming on a Mac. Would you play games on a Mac? Um, if so, what would be your favorite game to play on a Mac? A few months ago, maybe a few weeks ago, we talked about the Xbox Game Pass. The Xbox Games with Gold going away. And then it's being replaced exclusively by a game pass. And they introduced some new tiers and it was really complicated and it didn't make sense why there was one tier that was a dollar more than the other tier, but one came with something and the other one didn't come with something. It was just really weird. Uh, One was like online and one wasn't online, but one came with less games versus the other games, all that stuff. It was a mess, but we talked about it and we're like, it is what it is. Our tiers haven't really changed a whole lot. That being said, PlayStation decided to follow up with some more craziness. And they have now raised the price of all PlayStation Plus tiers, not lightly, but significantly. So, starting very soon, actually, it's probably already it's already started. Um, the uh, passes are now if you have PlayStation Plus Essential, which is the base model PlayStation Plus that gives you just basically the free games every month plus access to play online. Uh, has gone from $59.99 for 12 months to $79.99. So it's an extra $20 a year to play games online and get your free games every month. And then oh, the shit. PlayStation Plus Extra, which gives you access to the games catalog, but not a lot of games catalog, mainly just the PS4, I believe is what it was. Um, and, uh, that's going to go from $99 to one hundred and thirty four ninety nine. So an extra $35 for that guy. And then a PlayStation Plus Premium, which gives you access to everything. PlayStation 4, PlayStation 3 stuff. Um, and then, uh, streaming, I believe is also included in that. Cloud streaming. Cloud streaming. Thank you. Is going from $119.99 to $159.99. <laughs> so that is a 40 Dollar increase jeez dude so um this is um you know right before the announcement the release of the playstation portal uh, coming out in november and uh obviously we've seen uh nintendo or not nintendo xbox drop their free games per month so playstation is the only one that does this where they have free games coming out every month which has always been good games Mm-hmm. But they're always mm-hmm. like you know traditionally older, um, older ish and stuff like that. So yeah, you can't get out of this. This is the new pricing. So <laughs> you're stuck. You're stuck. And the essential isn't as bad, but it's still like I mean, the fact that's weird to me that they're raising the prices without. There's no like value add here other no, than just it's, it's just, a higher price. Yeah, just straight up. You
1: get what you get. Yeah. So um, what do you think about this, Austin? <clears throat> How do you feel? I don't like it. Well, for one, I don't play many online games. Like, right. I stream I stream a lot. So like having access to the internet and being able to stream is great. And oh, you stream, you stream games? No, 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 no. I stream Netflix and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. So it's like, okay, cool. I like that. But I just don't see why we're increasing it. Is, is, there, is there has there been any explanation whatsoever?
0: Yes, Sony explains in their blog post that this price adjustment. This is a quote: "This price adjustment will enable us to continue bringing high quality games and value added benefits to your PlayStation Plus subscription service." So so far, there are no new benefits that have been provided, <laughs> but <laughs> um, we will help. Yeah. We
1: will do more.
0: And granted, inflation's happening. You know, everything's going up in price and stuff like that. It's just like. I I feel like from a customer service perspective, if you're going to release something new like this and increase a price point, not really some new, but just increase a price point, like do something even if it's like super minor, some little extra bonus of like make them feel like they're getting more for their extra money they're about to spend, um, and they're they're not doing that, which I was I
1: was very shocked to see. Um, it makes me think twice about having the PlayStation plus essential pack. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's going to, I mean, it's, it's not, it's not crazy, but it's like, it would make me want to be like, man, do I (laughs) want to, I mean, I get enough value out of some of the games. I think that's probably a good thing, but yeah, I almost want to like, you know, start doing what you do with some other platforms where you like you subscribe for a little bit and then you cancel a little bit and you subscribe for a little bit and cancel a little bit. Yeah. But up to this point, I haven't done that because it's been what? 60 bucks. That's what? Five bucks a
1: month. So, as upset as I'm sure most not. painful will be, PlayStation's lucky. This is a one-time charge a year. So when it comes around, it's like, okay, I bite the bullet. I spend the 80 bucks, and I get the benefits all year. And I think that's the only thing that's going to keep people like at bay. You know, like you imagine this is like twice a month or twice a year or something. Well, yeah,
0: well, I mean, there's still a monthly option, too, and it's that's really expensive. But yeah. yeah. Well,
1: there's at that point, it's just not not even, yeah. no, don't even do
0: that. Yeah. It shouldn't exist. And, I mean, I don't even think about it, yeah. honestly, when it charges. Exactly. so after it charges, I'm like, I know. oh, yeah, I got that. It just this pops
1: up. Yeah, it just pops up, and you're like, oh, that's right. I mean, yeah, that's that's the whole point, is that they know people are just going to continue do, buying it. Yeah. Because it's that one-time charge a year that you don't even see on your credit card unless you're, checking it every month, which you should be probably. And, um, you know, yeah, it just goes by. Now the other ones, I just don't think it's worth it. Like you get a small amount of games for the extra and then the premium gets you a bunch of games from the past and stuff. Like, I don't know, man. Yeah. If this is the only thing that you have for gaming, maybe I can, I can definitely see people getting the premium and the extra.
0: Yeah, it's an extra $1. 67 per month for the essential upgrade. So it's that's I mean it's not a lot, but the uh the other one is 11.16 a month if you break it down monthly and it used to be uh $8. So it's an extra it's an extra $3 a month basically for the extra. And then the um the other one is an extra $3 also. So they're the the two higher tiers are going to be three dollars extra per month, and then the other one is a dollar sixty. Um, but I mean, the it's hard to stop it, you know, because like the games library is pretty solid. Um, that comes out every month. I like, I love those. I don't always use them, but I do enjoy them. Um, but I, it's just where it's it's a scary time, honestly, for like streaming services because the allure was so nice early on of like, yeah, let's show me these streaming services. We're going to save so much money. And now they're just slowly inching prices back up where it's like, okay, <laughs> when are we going to get to the point? Like, you know, on the video side, it's like, we're basically at the point now where the amount of different streaming services you have to subscribe to and the cost increases they've made, you're paying the price of <clears the> cable <throat> again, you know? Yeah. Um, so you're not saving money at, at that point. And then this is going to be a situation where, The more they raise subscription fees and stuff like that, it'll be like okay. If you were to look at a year and how many games you traditionally would buy, and then compare it to like the subscriptions that you then have to the games you typically buy, like how much are you going to be saving doing streaming versus not in five years from now, kind of thing. Yeah, it's like right now it's still cheaper if you like because I mean having Game Pass, like, you know, save me from buying Starfield for 60 bucks or $70 and save me from buying Redfall for $60. Exactly. So, like, there's savings there, but if <clears throat> these little price hikes will add up eventually.
1: Yeah, I was watching a video about all this stuff because it is culminating to something where it's like, it's just not feasible. Like, the service and the price is just not feasible over time. Like, um, i trying to remember what they they were talking about but they they brought up xbox and how yeah you only get ten dollars but you can only allocate that income to certain games certain titles so other games other titles just like don't get the attention and love they need and then <clears throat> it's kind of hard to well i don't know that's a good point well, the anyway. l-
0: I mean, the larger the library gets, the harder it is to yes add value to what's there. Right. And it's like, what's going to happen at that point? And we have a lot of rotating games that like come in and come out. Like I already saw that. Um, what was the game I saw the other day that was coming off of Xbox? I don't know. There, there was a game that had been on Xbox Game Pass for like six months and it's already being pulled off the, the store. So that is a reality too. It's like, you know, I, I sometimes think in my head, I'm like, oh yeah, you know, like, like Dark Tide, You know, when people were like, I mean, we bought it on Steam, but now we're having to play on Game Pass because it's not cross compatible or whatever. Mm. But it's like, you don't own that game. <clears throat> so like, it does. I mean, what's to stop Xbox from like tomorrow taking it off the system? And you didn't exactly. play it yet.
1: At, I feel like all this came about because it's like, yes, it's easier. Well, this is actually Steam's fault because it's easier because they're the ones who first started this. You know, you could buy some digital things online and you can play them like almost immediately. You just got to download them. And now you know, it's easier to get these games out to people, which is great. And technically, they're supposed to be cheaper because you don't have to pay the freaking cost to get it up on a store shelf, which that was an argument before. It's like, oh, well, games are more expensive at the store because, you know, there's a stocking fee. Now there's they're all just making more money off of now it Now they are not have a stocking off. fee and yeah. they don't have
0: all the transportation. And exactly.
1: Yeah, they just call... They just, uh, this I mean, there is server storage online, and outline. stuff
0: like that that is a <clears throat> cut that you get taken out of, like, Steam true. sales, but... Yeah,
1: yeah, that's true, it's true. Um, Yeah, because of it being digital, like... I've lost my train of thought.
0: <laughs> Love it. <laughs> I'm losing great. it, man. I'm great losing topic, it right man. now. This has
1: upset me so much, I've, I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> yeah, I mean...
0: It's it it's largely negligible in the grand scheme of things, but it's like for, again, not like, right now. it's not, this isn't, it's getting harder. Gaming is making it harder and harder for the every man to play games. Unless you're like, you know, a lot of our casual gaming audience is like, they're one game gamers where it's like they pick up a game and they just play the shit out of it. Yeah. You know, I was talking to Scott last night. I was like, did you pick up Starfield? Um, friend of the podcast, and he's like, No, I didn't pick up Starfield because I'm still playing Baldur's Gate. Yeah. And that's just what he does, which yeah. I think is smart, honestly, because it, it saves your money. But I have a hard time with that because I'm like, self control is not my favorite thing in the world. Well, we're um, on a
1: podcast talking about video games. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's all tech stuff, before, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's really hard to, like, I love jumping around to these different games, and there's so many good games that are coming out. But man, that shit gets expensive. And then yeah. when they're like raising prices of like just the bottom line stuff that you need to exist, you know, I know in I know. the systems, it's like, it's 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 um, you gotta eventually you gotta get choosy, <clears throat> and a lot more people are gonna get choosy. I mean, we're fortunate that like we have our jobs are helping us sustain the ability to like afford our um our hobbies, you know. But it's like you know, there's there's times where it's it's not. You know, I mean, they even raised the price of GameStop Pro the other day, or a while back, like recently, yeah, you know, and like they raised did. that up. And I don't see any value in that hardly anymore. I mean, you only get discounts on used games. I'm like about ready to cancel it and just like stop going to GameStop. Well, when you trade a game in, you get more more back. True, but I don't want to buy any physical games anymore. <laughs> Why not? It's a pain in the ass, man. <laughs> it's too much work. I have to go to a store. I have to pick it up. You're the problem. Man, the other day I tried to order one online and get it shipped to me. And, like, they were trying to charge me, like, freaking $10 for or, no, $5 for shipping or something like that. And I, I, I bought a $60 game. I was about to buy a $60 game, and they were still charging for shipping. They got a yeah. freaking sneaky little piece of shit in there where they say you only get free shipping if you pay $75 or more. Oh, my Those God. Those assholes. So they're making you buy two things. In order to get the discount, the free well, you shipping. Might as well, just pay, pay the shipping at that point. I know, but the shipping's freaking expensive, and it's still gonna take five days to show up. And then I was like, "Well, let me pick up my store. We don't have it at your store." I'm like, what the heck is going on? Sorry, <laughs> anger
1: moments. <laughs> Calm down, Brett. I know. Zen. I know. Zen. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's frustrating. It's like I think we need a healthy balance of you know physical and digital. But I think that we're we're just rushing towards digital and. These things happen. Yeah. I mean every yeah, Xbox has, you know, X amount of people who are subscribed to Game Pass. And as you get more and more exclusives and <clears throat> people who want to come in and yeah, I mean they get a cut of the pie, but that cut of the pie is gets smaller and smaller every time. Yeah. We talked about this a while ago. I don't know if we had someone on talk about it, but I don't remember. It was yeah, the the pie just keeps getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And eventually I think it's just all gonna break. I just don't see how it doesn't break. Like Game Pass is nice for like they have significant Xbox games on there. It's like $10 a month. You get to play all the old games for free. Or not for free, but yeah, you know what I mean? For the Game Pass. Yeah. But then they try to stick other games on there too, which is great. You know, they got to stand out, but I just don't think that's going to be sustainable.
0: They're going to run. I mean, Netflix is running a lot of issues right now because they, yeah, you know we're we're able we're fortunate that we can look at like where these stream video streaming companies are because they're way farther along in their life cycle than game pass but um one game pass everything you make in games is more expensive than anything in film really um and then with netflix <coughs> they don't make a lot of money like they're struggling to like they got to continue to add more users Um, in order to actually make like any kind of noticeable profit um, because it's so expensive to like license content. Yes. So they started making their own content, but then they're spending a shit ton of money to make content, half of which isn't that great. Yeah. Um,
1: That's So at this point, they're
0: just like throwing shit out there at the door and hoping something sticks with like a niche audience.
1: How about this? Would this work for you? Back in the day, you know, some of y'all might not remember this, but there used to be, uh, video rental stores. so you'd go out and you're like, Oh, I'm going to rent this. I'm going to rent that. You know, I got a few videos for the weekend, maybe watch one Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then return them on Monday or however long I get to keep them for. Um, what, what, how long could you keep them for five days? Five days. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So what if they did that? What if instead of doing like a subscription, you could buy credits or packs of credits that you can go in and be like, Oh, what seems good here on Netflix oh, I want to rent X amount of X movies, like these three movies, for 30 days. Just say 30 days, I don't know. Um, and it's just like, okay, the more credits you get, the cheaper it is, type thing. And now that they have their whole, like, you know, what you call it, they have all their own content, I mean, you could just do that. And then people would have to come in there, and they want to watch a movie again, they still have to rent it again. Or maybe it's like if you already seen it, you can get like a discount because you've already seen it. Something like that. So there's no subscription, but people have got to pay money every time they want to go in and view something. That might be more sustainable than freaking five dollars a month or eight dollars, whatever.
0: Yeah, that's actually an interesting idea. I'm trying to I'm trying to find like where <laughs> Devil's Advocate. You know, trying to find apart. like a yeah fall apart <laughs> kind of thing. But I'm like, it does make a lot of sense because rather than maintaining a library of games that just are very, very expensive,
1: I mean, it's, I guess... You could have a subscription where it's like unlimited movies, but you have to pay like, you know, $24 a month or I don't know. Yeah. Something ridiculous. I
0: mean, it's one of those, it's the only only challenge I'd run into is like you look at like um, cable companies, for example, and the way that they're able to offer like very niche kind of content items, like... To put out like you know, I don't know, um, golf the golf channel, right? Or like let's not say golf channel. Let's say sci, <laughs> the sci-fi channel. Okay, you know, in order for them to sustain the sci-fi channel, they have three other networks over here that they also own that have enough like commercialization fanfare that helps to offset the cost of these niche audience channel things. Mm-hmm. I think the Game Pass model is doing the same kind of thing. Where it's like they bring in enough high profile titles that like basically there's you know twenty percent of the games that fund the all eighty the other eighty percent you know as opposed to like you know you put a viewfinder on here viewfinder is not going to pay the bills at all Um, but it will bring different people in to hook them into the system and then they'll maybe go play Halo they'll maybe go play this they'll play that or whatever and like everybody's going to jump into that one game like Starfield for example. And then that's going to help fund it. Um, That's kind of like how their system is set up. But I do agree that it's like, it's dangerous in that way because it is, I mean, you have to continue, you got to keep putting content out all the time.
1: But yeah, you're forced to continue (laughs) and never stopping. The negative
0: though, of the credits thing is that then those niche things are probably not going to be put in the system because they're not going to get bought as much they're not going to make as much money so they can't have as much potential of getting discovered because of the fact that well, I mean, you'd have to then you, seek it out and put money towards buying it well, You or probably have it. to. You but probably, it's the same deal as with the Steam system. It's yeah. like you still got to buy a Steam game, you know. Yeah, that's true.
1: I mean, you just work out some kind of thing. It's like we don't think this is going to make a lot of money so we'll give you X amount of dollars to put this up on our thing.
0: Well, I wonder if you'd even have to. Like really, it's it's not something where you'd have like, you know, Xbox Game Pass, you gotta be agree you have to agree to the fact that you're not gonna make revenue off this game. But with the rental piece, you are gonna make revenue off that game per item. It's just not gonna be as significant. Yeah. But it's like you could open it up to be like, okay, I'm gonna I mean, honestly, like Steam could turn that on their store. Where it's like you wanna rent this game, pay for a credit, a credit, say you know, like you said, like, well, so, uh, Audible works this way. Mm. So audible.com. You go. So you, go. you pay, I think 20 bucks a month for Audible, $15 a month. I like think that. it's 15 bucks. And you get, get one credit. credit per month. Yeah. Um, cause I've been subscribing them for, for a while now and I get one credit per month. The credits always stay with me as long as I keep my subscription active mm. and I bank credits. So like right now yeah. I have nine credits cause I'm behind on like just getting books. So I can just go and get nine books right now that I've already prepaid for. But if I cancel, hey, all those credits go away.
1: You keep you keep you, you stay on top of that? Yeah. Cause I had like six credits that I got from like back in the day before the pandemic, and I finally went into Audible. I was like, Oh, I need to get some new books. Sorry, your credits are have expired. Yeah, they I was expire. Like, yeah. What the fuck? <coughs> they email they you did, and tell you that yeah, it expires after a while. On an yeah. email that I don't look at very often now. Yeah. And I was yeah, like, yeah. fuck. So they gave me a good deal and I had um I got like three credits up front and then yeah but i have to like keep the subscription for x amount of months or something like that. I, I know, do I like know. that idea cuz i mean it's like i mean if, it
0: sounds like an older model i think it is kind of an older model yeah, but it's a, yeah i system. think it's a
1: good model in a
0: way because like also as an audible member not only do you get credits you can buy that's one per month you can like just use it on a game which they could do the same thing it's like you pay 15 bucks a month you get a credit that you can use to like pay for a game or you can then use it to get discounts on other games. I mean, mm-hmm. Game Pass does have that where you that do you get discounts to buy games. Yeah. But yeah. if you get a credit, that's enough. Like I like the I like the rental idea because you're not going to get a credit per month per se for like a six dollar game. But just giving them access to like, okay, you can rent this game with a credit that you pay five bucks a month for.
1: And the I mean, uh, uh, Prime Prime Video and uh, YouTube do this. It's like three to five bucks to rent a movie for, for well, you have 30 days to watch it. But once yeah. you start it, you have to, uh, 48 hours to finish it. Yeah. Type thing. And I was like, I think it works. Yeah.
0: I think, yeah, I think collecting the credit would be cool. So I like the idea of running a game, like going right. back to that, but a
1: digital <laughs> mindset where it's but you like, you probably rent it like 30, 30 days. Like you have 30 days to yeah. play this game. Yeah. But you can re rent it for another thirty days. Well it prevent you too you from like
0: signing up for a game pass for a game and then canceling and then signing back up. It's just like Exactly. Get somebody on a subscription, and then they can rent whatever game that they want to throughout yep. that time. Exactly. But make it cheaper than Game Pass. Yep. So you can still get access to credits, but you just rent them instead. You don't own them. You just you No, know, you don't have infinite access. You just got five days access or thirty days. or spend a hundred
1: dollars a year and you get unlimited access. Like they do for the EA Play.
0: Well, that's basically a Game Pass. I mean, Game Pass, you can pay annual. Well,
1: no, actually, no, you can't.
0: I don't think yeah, you can, you actually. Can. It's but, just, yeah, It's just, it's every month. I guess so that, could, you pay yeah. 120
1: Yeah. So, I don't know. I think there's a way to have, like, the pass. Or, like, yeah, a subscription. But, like, raise the prices. That makes everyone happy. Well, it doesn't make us happy. But, yeah. And then bring in the, the credit system. Yeah, the rental idea I think is interesting because I would
0: definitely see myself like viewfinder, like I would use the credit on that and not spend twenty dollars on it. But then that kind of hurts them because then they made more money yeah. off of me if I bought it than if I didn't. But
1: how many times, like, I feel like that's part of our issue with society is that we're like, oh, we have it all, so like I'm gonna watch this, and it's like, oh, it's whatever. I don't want it. I don't like it. Like, oh, let me find something else, and you okay. spend like an hour looking for something that you think you might like. And this is like, okay, I know what I like Does Any of this hit my markers. And if it does cool, I'm going to rent it. I'm going to check it out. I like the trailer. And then you're kind of forced to watch it and you might not like at the beginning, but it could be something that ends up being like really something special Yeah. that normally you're just like, whatever, throw it aside. And I think we're spoiled that way. Yeah.
0: There's a whole
1: dynamic to it. Yeah. (laughs) That's interesting.
0: Anyway. Yeah. Good thoughts. Um, so we are not super excited about the price increase, but it is what it is. You know, they raised the price, didn't give us anything bonus on top of it, but, you know, inflation's happening. It's an it's an unfortunate state of the world that we're in right now, but I don't know, maybe they'll add a rental system. That'd be kind of cool. Add a credit system instead. Like, how long is Game Pass sustainable? How long is PlayStation Essentials, you know, for three free games a month sustainable, like all that stuff. Maybe they'll, they'll find a new method in the future and it'll make everybody happy. Probably not, but (laughs) no, never make everyone happy, but no, but some good thoughts for sure. So let us know what you like the best in the comments. Would you want a rental system to come back blockbuster, but digital, you know, that could be interesting. It is a new month in September and that means we got free games. Here are the games you can pick up on the PlayStation plus subscription. That is now more expensive. You can get yay. <laughs> you can get Saints Row. The game that me and Jason adored, even though it was terrible. Actually, no, Jason did not. He fell off of it, didn't he? Yes, he said fuck that. Yeah, game. he played with me, but we we he didn't he didn't we did we did finish it. You're the only one who beat I finished it. it. I beat it. I Jason rolled credits on that shit, man. Jason's like, why did you do that? <laughs> dude, I even got the DLC. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm crazy like that. Uh but I actually highly recommend getting this game. They fixed it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and they made all the things better, and it, it runs pretty good, and it's it's a fun, stupid. It's like watching trash television.
1: Okay, it's trash TV. Okay, <laughs> look, they fixed it so well, they shut the studio down. Who made it? So you know, yes, R I P.
0: Volition Studios is no longer. They got shut down after the poor reception <laughs> of this game. But you can get this game for free, so that's cool. Um, Black Desert Traveler Edition is also available, uh, and you can get a game called Generation Zero. So pick those up for the month of September. And looking forward to the next few weeks, we we thought that there was a break in video games, but there isn't because this is 2023 and they're bringing shit out left and right. So here's the free games you can pick up. Or no, not free games. These aren't free. These are the yeah, games you like, can pick well, well, up and well, play well. and pay for unless they're on Game Pass um, over the next few weeks. So first off, we have the game that I've been waiting for not as long as Starfield, but I'm very excited about it and i'm gonna play it somehow some way on september 14th the crew motor fest is here on all platforms welcome to motor fest this all year round festival will let you enjoy the best experiences car culture had to offer this game has settled down on beautiful oahu in hawaii pre fires no actually oahu is fine but you know fires happen over there it's very scary sure, it's true uh, join high speed street races through the bustling city of honolulu Test your skills off road on the ashy slopes of volcano or master the perfect curve on the tracks. Discover the playlist and dive into thematic campaigns that will immerse you in the most exciting car culture adventures, universes, including American Muscle, Japanese style street racing, and legendary machines of the past. Very excited. Gonna play this game. It's like Test Drive Unlimited, but mm. not.
1: So, coming on the 19th, we have Lies of the PP, uh, PS5, Xbox, and PC. You are a puppet created by G- uh, Geppetto, who taught, who's caught in a web of lies, with unimaginable monsters and untrustworthy untru- figures standing between you and the events that have befallen the world of Lies of P. Yeah, that sounds weird. You are, you are awakened by a mysterious voice that guides you through the plagued city of Krat, the once lively place that has been poisoned by madness and bloodlust our souls like, in our uh, souls like, you must adapt yourself at your weapon uh, and your weapons to face untold horrors, untangle the unfathomable secrets of the city elites, and choose whether to confront predicaments with the truth of weave lies to overcome them on the journey to find yourself. Are you gonna play this game? No. 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 Souls like man. No. It's like Bloodborne. I'm good. Okay. <laughs> no, thank you. Jason will, I'm sure. He loves Souls games. No, he doesn't. <laughs>
0: uh, also, on the 19th, we have another game street a street, street uh, or fighting kind of sense. It's a Mortal Kombat 1 on PS5, Xbox Series X, Switch, and PC. He's coming to Switch? Yeah, dude. <laughs> what the heck? Switch can handle it. Can you believe that? Uh, okay. Uh, discover a reborn Mortal Kombat universe created by the fire god Liu Kang. Mortal Kombat 1 ushers in a new era of the iconic franchise with a new fighting system
1: game modes and fatalities and coming on the 20th we have party animals because you know two games coming out and a third one coming out the next day you know this is that's fine uh, coming to Xbox and PC Fight your friends and puppies, kittens and other furry creatures and party animals. Paw it out with your friends, both online and offline. Interact with the world under our realistic physics engine. Did I mention puppies? Dude, yes. I cannot wait till this game comes out. I you wish get it was, to kill
0: puppies. I wish it was coming out a little bit sooner so we could play at our event. Because this is a game that's like, this is like game beast. Yeah. But with puppies and stuff.
1: Also coming out on the 21st is Payday 3 for PS5, Xbox, and PC, and we have nothing to read. So. I do right here. Payday oh, 3 is
0: the much-anticipated sequel to one of the most popular co-op shooters ever. Since its release, Payday players have been reveling in the thrill of a perfectly planned and executed heist. That's what makes Payday a high-octane co-op FPS experience without equal. So, lots of games that are still coming out, I cannot believe. And these aren't, like, bad games either. Like, these are, like, hype moment games, you know? So it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy, I'm it's crazy time. I'm not going to play any of these. So well, I have oh, you'll break. play Mortal Kombat. I have a break worry. this month. To I'm going to buy Mortal Kombat. We're going to get together. We're going to start right. drinking some beers, and we're going to freaking duke it out. Fatality. I will do that. Yeah. I will do that you. All right, everybody. That's going to wrap up our show this week. Be sure and check us out in two more weeks for more from your favorite video game podcast. If you like what you hear, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or spotify and don't forget you can join us on twitch.tv slash the inner every tuesday at 7 p.m central time this week we may be streaming baldur's gate again where jason might kill another goblin tribe or
1: orc tribe or chiefling tribe or something i don't know it might be great see <laughs> a tribe something. yeah tribe. you can also join in on the conversation over on our discord channel so check check out the show notes for that link if you want to support our show you can donate on our website at the inner all donations go towards making the podcast videos and streams even better and as always, if you cannot contribute monetarily, please take time, to share this episode with a friend, family member, or loved one. The more eyes we get in front of our content, the faster uh, we grow, and it helps more than you know. So thank you for your continued support. I'm Oscar Morales. And I'm Brett And I'm Jason Hubbard. And you're know, listening to the Podcast. Catch you guys next time. Podcast out. Podcast out. out! out!